1: Investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corian's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corian.com. That's C O R I E N T.com. Corian.com. The
2: Chairshot.com. Always use. You- Nobody gorilla nobody really gorilla we but brought we not this way in tactics nobody really As we were brought in by the fire tones of the tongues, we uh who we all give we give out deference to of course We'd like to welcome you to another episode of The Outsider's Edge. What's happening, everybody? It's your boy Rance, aka Ray Cash. I got the crew with me at Always. We got our, kind of our honorary, sort of, kind of, every now and then, fourth our guy.
4: recurring guest.
2: Yes, guest. Yes, that's a yes. So uh, let me introduce the click first. You just heard Kyle. What's happening, sir?
4: Oh, you know, man, it's school's time. I'm living that dream. I'm happy that the gang is all here today. So, you know, I'm here and so is our esteemed brother, Mr. Carl Irvin.
5: What's up? Man, it's like a nice fall day outside. And I I I wish I was outside. Is it good over there too? It's like 60 degrees that just looks like fall.
4: South Carolina. I'm sorry. I'm I'm in a good mood.
2: Question What's fall? Autumn?
4: Season in between, you know that two weeks rant in between, one hundred degree weather and thirty degree weather. That like oh yeah, with the
2: weather change. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fall. <laughs> that they that, they call that something.
4: Yeah, in other places it lasts more than two weeks.
2: Like Maryland.
4: I guess I don't know. Let's ask our guest.
2: Speaking of Maryland, I got. My boy, since we since I, we got a brother who's white, Rob, he hates that. I'm saying that because he hates it. I'm introducing Black Rob, my boy, Mister Rob Burnett. What's up, sir? What's happening,
6: fellas? And yeah, we we have uh, it was about sixty or seventy today here up in Maryland. So, oh, was, yeah. Um, so now with us, well, mm-hmm. last winter was more like fall. So.
2: It's
6: gonna be like this year.
2: Well, the Earth is warming, sir. It's 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 a known fact.
6: Well, yeah.
5: So you know, it's what it is. Only only fifty percent of the people believe that. So you know.
4: Yeah, but well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in the seventy six. If we learned anything from election season this year, Carlos, that fifty percent of the country is dumb as fuck. That's
2: a very good well, point, sir.
1: That's a very good point, sir.
2: They, don't, they, they They didn't do too well in their core classes in the science, math, uh, in the social studies and English because they had a million-man march to the million-maga march. They only had, like, thousands. Don't work the same. But and speaking of that, it's interesting to note that we're coming up on Thanksgiving. So we're coming up on a holiday we celebrate where our people gave another group of people another pandemic. So, hey – Good job for us being right on time <laughs> with history.
4: There's nothing more American than a holiday founded on disease, spreading, and sadness.
5: Hey, USA.
2: USA. We're thankful, though. We be thankful, no- though. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this is how this episode's going to be, y'all. This is like one of y'all got to come up with a clever way to talk about this shit because, like, it will not going, be me. And, no, well, Kyle's good with that shit. But this yeah. we we are, as the young people say, we're going hard in the paint. Do the young people say still say that? I mean none of us how would any of us know? None of us are young it. people.
4: Carl, I teach freshmen in high school.
5: Oh yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Sorry.
4: So like I'm not as up on twenty twenties lingos because we're virtual right now, so I don't hear them talking together as much. But like if you say someone goes hard in the paint, they know what you're talking about.
2: Oh, okay. Works for me, Carl. Does the caucus, does the Caucasoid persuasion do they understand hard paint? <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, this one will does.
2: When y'all have the meetings? Do they? Would they understand? I mean, if, the Dirk Navitsky,
4: if Dirk if Dirk Nowitzki is any example, then no, no, the Caucasoid delegation does not know. I, I,
5: I,
2: hard I can, paint.
5: I can assure you that I know what it means. Maybe I should maybe I should ask my wife to see what she says. You
2: don't okay, Sally, she, your wife might be a better precursor because you were born in Memphis. Exactly. You <laughs> don't count. You don't count at all. <laughs> when you grow up listening to three six mafia and uh above and MJG, you do not count of the cogusori persuasion.
5: That's 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 very fair, by the way. Yeah, that's that's fair.
2: Okay, so look ultimately in the past few days, so much has happened and changed in the wrestling business that so we were gonna talk about uh, the dog barking in the background. Sorry, real life. We were also gonna talk no. about full gear. Ain't got time for that, Kate. Ain't anybody got time for that, Sweet Brown. We was gonna talk about um, what happened over on SmackDown. Ain't got no time for that. We was gonna talk about we NXT. Still hail
4: our tribal chief, though. We stand in,
2: in fact, no, fuck that. I need two minutes of your time before we get to the this, to this stuff. I'm calling Mr. Moores out because there's a certain you can't, person.
4: You can't be putting me on blast on a show and shit. Th-
2: there's a certain person on the raw brand who Mr. Moores would not even acknowledge, and I'll let him finish the story. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I don't know what you're talking oh, about. I,
4: okay. I ain't got no knowledge of that. I ain't got no okay. knowledge. We're to put so the
5: receipts out. There. But to put the receipts out on the official Twitter account. Nah,
4: nah, nah, y'all. Nah, no, y'all. In all realness, though. In all realness, though. I wouldn't say I'm a fan yet, but Drew McIntyre's trying real hard to make me like it.
1: He's trying real
4: hard to make me like it. <laughs> Saying all that good shit in those promos and shit. Like, mm, he's trying real hard. I, I'm feeling it. And I was really feeling the start of SmackDown on Friday. Like, him and the tribal chief with Chef's Kiss. That was Chef's cast.
2: I, I just need a, I just need an older black woman, tech, preferably an auntie, to be right here looking at you with some. Mm-hmm, I need that right now.
5: Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say this about about Drew Mac. Um, you know, you guys know that me and my youngest have been watching wrestling, and we don't really yes. watch Raw because we don't have cable here. We try to watch the Hulu cut like the next day or whatever, but. So she hasn't seen much of Drew McIntyre and he was out last night. We were watching and she like, after all of it was kind of over, she wants to watch Orton versus McIntyre on Monday now because of McIntyre. So, I mean,
1: and to me, that's
5: right. And so that's kind of like, my thing is like, always listen to the kids. Because us jaded wrestling fans, we don't know anything. The real props
4: doesn't go the real props doesn't go to him alone though. The real props for that whole segment for real made the whole thing goes to Paul. Like the look on Heyman's face when the music hit, the like, oh no. Oh I remember shit. that guy. We're, like Paul <laughs> yeah. Paul Heyman had the like
2: LeBron James, Where is my bag? look on his face. Like, mm mm, mm mm. I'm uh, out of here. And, nah, dog. And, and the best line of the night, Roman R- was like, "I don't watch Raw." He was like, you "Why should I?" And
1: then,
4: and then, Travel Chief just talking about nobody watches Raw. They all too busy watching SmackDown. And as a SmackDown yeah, and- Mark, that just like mm, direct that in my and, and, veins.
2: And you remember Paul was the EVP of or the executive director of Raw, right? So right. like that's what makes it even more funny. Joking
5: on himself. Um,
2: Okay, all right. So we got a lot going on. We we got to talk Zelina Vega. We got to talk. This is the the only time I'm going to say this man's name. I'm going to refer to him as a different name. But but Cody, he, we will speak of that man. And I have an epic rant on that piece of shit. Um, oh, we got some other things. Oh, fuck that dude. Yeah. I've been I've been waiting on this for a week. I want to. The outside it Ed
4: presents the off your chest episode. <laughs> I like. See, that's so. This
5: I guess I need to find someone to be mad at. I'll think about it while while we're while we're talking. We're gonna
4: talk a lot of root beer today, Carl. You'll have plenty of chance. Oh,
5: great! I love <laughs> I love that then.
2: <laughs> well, no, nobody nobody gets more heated at the root beer than Mister Burnett. So, like, we're in, you're in the right Oops. place, sir. <laughs> well,
5: it's hard for me to get as heated because I don't really watch. So, but, nor so do like, you care.
4: We <laughs> gotta save, but well, we're gonna save that one because, like, the hot story in these streets is obviously what's happening with Zelina Vega. So, like, Rance, intro that shit and let's get it going.
2: Well, Zelina Vega, you guys know uh, who used to be the the business manager and business partner of Andrade. Um, She was released Friday. She was released Friday. um, And we thought, well, so she, the announcement of the release came out 10 minutes after she put out a tweet saying, I support unionization. So, of course, when you don't know the whole facts and you just paying attention to, you know, what you see or, or hearsay, the initial thought was, oh, well, she got fired for saying that. The so facts came out that Zelina actually was fired earlier in the day. Um, so I am pulling up the article to kind of read some of the back behind the scenes of the situation. Yeah, just uh, while
5: you're while you're pulling that up, there's no way on earth that she put a tweet up about unionization and then ten minutes later got fired, and it all rolled through. That's not, not how in anything in life size. works. Not in a yeah. company
4: that size. Yeah, Somebody it would have never company.
5: works that way. This man definitely wasn't reading her Twitter account at right. whatever time it was. Goddammit, pal!
4: Goddammit, <laughs> um,
2: pal! You are uh, She's got to go.
4: And while well, Rance is and while well, Rance is pulling up the receipts because we believe in having our receipts with us on the Outsiders Edge, um, y'all. This is yet another evolution in the ongoing saga of WWE and Twitch.
2: As noted earlier, this, this is, uh, with all due respect to Chair Shot, because we're, we don't look at ourselves as a news organization, we are more opinions. I'm reading this from Wrestling Inc. Um, as noted earlier, WWE announced tonight that SmackDown Superstars and Lena Vega have been released from a contract. PW Insider reports that Vega's release was fallout from the recent edict that prevents talents from continuing activity on third-party platforms, such as Twitch, in favor of the company spearheading those relationships and fielding talents as a part of their contractual duties. Vega was informed of her departure this late this afternoon. Of course, she has a 90-day non-compete, which means that she can't do anything until mid-February 2021. Uh, Vega's departure was not a result of her tweet in support of unionization, as part of the departure was going around internally well before she made the tweet. Sources noted that Vega had been extremely vocal about maintaining her Twitch account after the edict was handed down last month. There were some people in WWE who were wondering if Vega was released to quote-unquote send a message to others in the company to make sure they follow the third-party platform edict. <laughs> Vega announced on Instagram earlier tonight, Friday of course, that she is returning to the Twitch platform. So, uh, interesting to note. That the timing of everything and timing always is kind of a, a, a interesting precursor of situations, but there is no doubt in my mind that she's put that unionization out shit uh, tweet out on purpose before they announced it to get them talking. There's no way you can tell me otherwise. Um, there's so much to break down in this, so let's kind of go around the horn since we have so many people on. I'm gonna start with the guest, Rob. Tell me your initial thoughts first. So we'll kind of delve into it deeper as we go go in. So, I right,
6: just fishing around on Twitter, talking about it. Uh, I saw somebody said that you know, she has like she has a whole lot of um, Twitch subs and like as many as like seven thousand sometimes. And so, and from, for the record,
2: she has OnlyFans too. For the record, yeah. So from the math.
6: This person did. Um, she might have been making like thirty, thirty-five grand a month off of Twitch. So in her case, um, so doing the math, I mean, that you know that she's making enough off of that where she can bounce. I mean, and compared in she and look, she's not making Brock Lesnar money from WWE. She might have been making what maybe. 200, 250,000, something maybe. So it's also important
4: to keep in mind that she's married to a fellow performer, but she is married. So, like, she is not exclusively dependent on her own income. She's in a two income household. So, So it's a lot easier when you're making a job change.
2: Yeah.
6: Yeah. And in her her case, look, she's going to make a lot of money doing that stuff because she's fine as hell. And it's plenty of horny dudes who will (laughs) sub to that just to look at her, all right? That's true. I mean, that's just keeping it real, all right? I mean, you know, look if if one of us were working WWE and we got on Twitch, we wouldn't be making that kind of money, all right? So she's going to, you know, she can afford to go. And, you know, so, and look, I give her credit for this because, you know, and because and, I wrote a piece about it from my own website, she put her money where her mouth was and she actually she said, Okay, I'm not, I'm not quitting, so y'all just gotta let me go. And, unlike
2: unlike who, was posted, who was the most vocal person before this, Paige was like crying on, on her Twitch. I, this is my livelihood, take away my livelihood, this and that. And then Zelina quits and she's like, Damn, that sucks. It's and, hilarious to be. And look,
6: my point, look, my thing through all of this has been if all they're going to do is get on Twitter and complain about it, then, you know, I'm I don't particularly, you know, then I'm not really going to be running to their defense or patting them on the back or anything. So Zelina put her money, put again, she she put up a shut up. So she deserves all the credit in the world for doing that. And. You know, and look, it. I, I'm not, I don't agree with the what they're doing, but it's in these, I mean, it's in the contract they signed. I mean, you, ah. well, and, so you know, and uh, there's so many stories of wrestlers where they, where they come out and tell you themselves that they didn't read the contract. Yeah. I mean. Which, well, yeah, to be yeah. fair,
5: that kind of furthers the point for unionization. You know what I mean? In a lot of ways, because it's like you got it's these guys who don't want to read contracts and they don't want to, you know. Uh,
6: so, I mean, even like, like Daniel Bryan, who we all think is a pretty smart guy, he he said it himself, like the con- the last contract he signed was the first time he actually read the contract. Every other time he just signed it, right? So, I mean, come on, people. I mean, and look. <laughs> This this is me being, you know, 46 years old and not having a whole lot of sympathy for for that kind of stuff.
4: It's (laughs) also, but that's also a difference in, like, so we talk a lot on the show about their independent contractors when it's convenient for the company and their employees when it's not. Um, Like, that, that distinction matters when you're talking about contracts, because, like, so, for example, I'm a teacher. I have a contract. That I sign every year But as a school teacher In a right to work state I don't actually have any Power to negotiate The terms of that contract I am just given this contract To sign so that they can give me paychecks I don't have like A salary negotiation Or a work conditions negotiation Or any of that shit Because all that shit is outlined Mostly by the state And so it's just like Here's your contract. Sign that shit. If you don't understand the distinction of, oh, wait, I'm an independent contractor. I actually can read this contract and I actually can negotiate some things because I think the difference between this current labor movement that we're seeing amongst the wrestlers And like previous labor movements that we're seeing amongst the wrestlers is I think the wrestlers are finally starting to understand something that I don't know if they just didn't realize before or didn't know how to like do anything about before, which is that like the wrestlers really hold all the power here. Like, we always make it out like the companies hold the power because the companies are the ones with the product and like can put it on TV and blah, blah, blah. Nah, dog. The performers hold the power. If the performers refuse to perform, it don't matter that you got a TV deal. Like, that's what you've got to get. You've got to get buy-in amongst the rosters because they really do have the power. If Roman says, you know what? I ain't working tonight. It, it don't matter if they got a TV deal. Now, I know Roman's not part of this movement. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that's what it's gonna take for a sure. movement like this to matter.
2: But and- but to be fair to that point, they did that already. This happened. Coronavirus. All the major stars didn't work, and they still went on trucking along like a like like you know like a like a, a steam train. Roman wasn't working. Charlotte was gone. Brock worked one match and one show and was gone. Charlie wasn't working because she got hurt. So many people didn't work. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, I can run down the list. And it was no big deal. So, to your point, and we're not even getting into the labor dispute part of this, you know, uh, but just in terms of that thought process, like, I, I invoke this quote a lot on the show, and Carl, we had not heard from you yet, so please, uh, but Goody Mob, One Monkey Don't Stop No Show. It's, it, it's we've seen over history, WWE has now become the brand It's not that you have Everything's built around Stone Cold or Hogan Or Austin or Rock It's built around WWE So like if Roman's gone from, from For leukemia, oh well no big deal Next guy, oh well Becky Lynch Is the man but she's pregnant, oh well Next guy, oh well Roman's back But oh no the coronavirus is gone And we lost 10 of our top guys Oh well no big deal, keep on moving Like so in that point Does it really matter?
5: uh well kind of i mean well the reason why i would say is because so it depends on how many people you have that buy in that's the that's the real but, issue that's if, that. if you got everyone to buy in and all of a sudden now you can't run a show because you don't have everybody there it's a different story right but your point is still valid rants because you know you you can like okay for instance and this is going to be kind of weird i guess but i think it works like you remember the episode where of raw, where everyone walked out and triple H was like, I'm going to wrestle a broomstick right? baby. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. This is like, man, that's like 2012, 13. Something. I can't remember the exactly when that was maybe 2011, but anyways, you had three guys that stuck around. And so they put CM Punk on commentary had Sheamus and Cena wrestle a match. And you had triple H out there too. So, in that way that was kind of in a lot of ways that was a dig at that kind of thing like hey we can always put on a show right So the, that that kind of is like what I'm getting at essentially is that you have to have everyone bought into it because yes, WWE still has guys to run a show like they can figure out and the thing is you'll never get it. you, you really will never get it as much as I agree with you, Kyle and Kyle I think you and me probably fall. As close to each other on this particular topic as anybody else, you'll never get it though, because let's face it—you've got a lot of guys on the roster who are going to be anti-union because they have their own political beliefs. They have their own beliefs about unions. The majority of affect them and money, right? But like you know, the, a lot of most—correct uh, me if I'm wrong—but most like conservative types don't really like unions because. It all You know, for whatever reason, it's another one of those things. It like,
2: takes away individual liberty.
5: Right, so, you know, right. how, how yeah. else could they, and, you know, a key guy we think about, this tried to happen, you know, they tried to do this however many years ago, someone like Hulk Hogan back in the day who kind of, from what I've always understood, kind of put the kibosh on it because he was the big dog in WWE at the time. So if, if nobody is following, you know, everybody followed his lead, you know, he kind of stomped it out. It's never going to happen. You, you, I mean, you want it to happen. You hope it could happen. I know I do. You know, and I respect, and by the way, I've kind of got off talking about Zelina Vega, who I completely respect her decision because she stood up for her principles, in my opinion. Like, I know, like Rob, you kind of said, well, she's making money. She's not worried about it. Two income household. Maybe she doesn't make that decision. Otherwise, I don't know. That's not for me to say. But she still stood up for her principles. You know, she's like, look, this is what I want to do. And I'm not going to like, cater to what some big corporate big wants me to do you know what I mean' just
2: just just, just want to make just want to make one one addition yeah and I, I everything you said is right and I do believe Zelina st- stands up for principles but in this case she really did it because she quit twitch, twitch the day they made her quit twitch and like she got fired so it's not like she was out here still doing twitch not caring Right, and She was she fell in line, but because she made too much chatter about it backstage, they let her go. But she wasn't being used. Zelina was never going to be. Able, and this is no distance, Zelina because she's an asset to any place you'll work at. But yeah. she wasn't she wasn't paid to be an important member of the women's division. They sure. took her away from from her best part. So I just again, I want to make sure we frame this correctly, because when I when you say stood by principles, that tells me. CM Punk stood by his principles, whether we like right. his principles or not, right? Daniel Bryan stood by his principles, whether we l- agree with his principles or not. Zelina, Zelina, they told Zelina to stop twitch, and she stopped twitch and hadn't twitched until today, right?
5: And I guess so that's like, fair, but I mean, I guess at the mean? same time though, like, and you are right because it's not like she just said because, like, and essentially, you know, if she just kept twitching,
2: <laughs> <right>? yeah, <laughs> and she didn't quit, right? She didn't qu- like, like Paige. If Paige said today, I quit, I can't handle this no more. I don't care. You pay me the money because I can't wrestle no more. My values mean more to me. She did it. She got on Twitch and cried about it. And again, I'm again, we sat on this show and I spoke to all of y'all about how much I've sympathized for her because I felt like if anybody, she was getting screwed out of the deal. She did all that. And then you know what? This happens. Oh, damn. It sucks. Like you should, if there was this bigger than big you, you would quit. So, and I can't speak to you said it perfectly. I can't pay somebody else's bills or look at somebody else's wallet or their purse. But it's interesting to me how we frame things because Lena is being looked at in sense in a sense like a martyr. When she got fired, she did not quit. This was not this was not her choice to do this. And that's what's kind She's of interesting not a sympathetic about it, figure
5: to me. See, but see, that's what I, I think we were talking. Being fired I'm sorry. as well.
4: Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I would argue being fired makes you more of a martyr than quitting
5: because like right. martyrdom is when you are the victim of the system. Especially considering she did fall online. Like, I mean, yes, she was chattering backstage, but she still did what she was. I mean, let's let's face it. You've got a lot of guys, like perfect examples someone like Sami Zayn, who has no bones about getting on Twitter and speaking up for, for things that, big corporations do not like, okay? Let's just okay. be honest. So the fact that she's back there chattering shouldn't mean anything if you've got other guys who do the same type of things. So what we talked about prior to the show starting is maybe she was made an example of in this situation. Okay. You know what I mean? So
2: so let's talk more about the actual labor dispute. Rob, I want you to jump in here because Kyle says something salient every time we talk about this. Kyle always says, my goal, if I was a wrestler, is I'm not going to sit here and I'm, I'm not going to stand or fight.
4: The hill I'm dying on is not
2: Twitch. The
4: hill I'm dying on, as a fan of the industry and as someone who cares about the wrestlers as people, is guaranteed health insurance and a minimum standard for working conditions.
1: Yes.
2: Across so, the industry. So I think it says a lot to I think it says a lot about the situation that they they don't care about transportation. They don't care. I don't say they don't care, but they're not fighting for transportation. They're not fighting for health care. They're not fighting for disability. They're not fighting for for retirement. But because I can't make my videos or play my video games with these people and I'm, I'm being facetious here that now I'm upset. So let's yeah. talk about the labor aspect of this. For the, so, WW-
4: the I'm sorry, Rob. You go ahead.
6: Okay, to go big picture here, because um, you know I've actually written a couple of things about this for my website, and I wrote one today. And I mean, I'm, I'm going to be shameless here for a minute. Is it RobGenius dot com? It's uh, I wrote a big <laughs> piece about Um I've written about healthcare, and because if um, my, I'm an actuary for the federal government and I work for an agency that takes over pension plans. So I've seen a lot of like just data on things like how much retirement plans cost companies, how much health insurance costs companies and whatnot. So I'm not an expert on all of this, but I, I feel like I do. I can speak with a little bit informed on some of this stuff. Um, now, as far as like you said, the transportation and I fighting over that because, well, they can write that off on their taxes. So, people, you know, when people, when people make a big deal about, oh, they got to pay for travel, they can write that off. So, and writing it off might be better for them than having the company pay for it. Um, for healthcare, considering what they do for a living, um, health insurance for them is going to be high premium, high deductible. So... Paying out of pocket might be cheaper, um. So that's another thing you gotta consider. Because look, I mean, you know, the company pays if they get hurt. Wrestling, that is taken care of. So, yeah, but
2: that's as comp. That's not that's not health insurance. If, if I have the flu, I can't go get checked out. You know what I'm saying?
6: But here's the thing, though. So if, if if you know if one of your kids is sick and you gotta take them to urgent care, I mean. For them, for the for the money, a lot of them are making. They're probably better off paying out of pocket than having some high premium, high-deductible health insurance. I mean, that's and that's because of just the messed up nature of healthcare in the United States. You know, we had some type. You know, if you know, if we had a better healthcare setup in this country, then that wouldn't be the case. But because of just the messed up way our healthcare system is. If you make a lot of money and you're in some profession where, you know, your premiums will be high as hell, like them, they're probably better off paying out of pocket. So as a result, they're probably no health insurance is not a hill they're going to die on. Um, so, yeah, so it comes down to stuff like Twitch and out of the whole roster, you know, they got 150 people there, maybe what, uh, 15 of them are. Really serious doing Twitch. That's a good you point. Think, that's a good point. You think the other 135 people want to going go on strike, so these 15 people can stay on Twitch? Yeah,
2: that's a that's a really good point. Go ahead, go ahead, Carl. Because but that but that's a great point because the squeaky wheel gets to oil. But how big is the wheel? So this is kind of uh, I, I I um I said this
5: yesterday that one thing about the oh, the whole idea behind unionization. Kyle mentions of the hill that he dies on is the healthcare and, and the working condition standard. And I like a phrase basically, you know, we can, you can do both. You you can, if you want to, like it's okay to, to, to try and walk and chew gum at the same time with this. But also I, I do want to point out that this is something that I like to compare this situation specifically to sports, because in sports, one thing we always talk about in sports is, Hey, Go get your money when you can get it. And the reason for that is because there's such a short shelf life for an athlete. Now, with wrestlers, it's proven to have been a longer shelf life. There are things you can do. You can change your style. You can become a manager. You can do all kinds of different things. You can work part-time. There's lots of different things you can do to extend your your life as as a wrestler. However, I think it's important that for these guys – They still have a job that typically you are going to retire early. You're going to be done early. A lot of wrestlers wash out or they get a major injury and yeah, WWE might pay for it, but you lose your spot or you come back and you're just not the same as you were. You're not as interesting. You're not as, you know what I mean? You're not as mobile. So I think it's fair to say that dying on the hill of these third-party platforms make sense because you just never know what's going to happen. And with, at least with something like Twitch or whatever, you've still got your name value, your namesake, you know, if, if Zelina Vega decides, you know, let's just say they didn't fire her when she breaks her leg tomorrow and she can't ever wrestle or be on television again or whatever. She still has Twitch, you know, she still has it. I think there's something to be said about the fact that like, get your money if you can get it, you know? And so I I just think that like, while I'm not dying for them to have their Twitch account, I don't even, I don't have Twitch. I don't follow any of these people on there. It doesn't matter to me. I think there is something to be said about the fact that if, especially if you can pull good money on there, like we've mentioned that, Hey, you know, wrestling isn't going to last forever. It may not last for the next year. It's not guaranteed. So, I mean, I think that's just, it, it was her dream to be a wrestler. She said, and even and with that said, we just sat here and said she was never going to be this big star, you know. So that just shows you she could have been released as a random cut six months from now. So I think that's just I can understand where they're coming from, where they're not as worried about something like health care as they are about something where it gives them a chance to make an extra income.
2: So I'm going to throw this to Kyle, but it's interesting to note. Uh, and I spoke at nauseum on the show that I. The two issues were cameo and Twitch in particular, and I don't. I, I am less sympathetic to anybody with the cameo argument because cameo directly infringes upon what is in their contract. Meet and greets are a part of their contract, and cameo cameo directly dips into that. Meet and greet function, especially in a virtual world, right. post right? So I, I always understood that, and you notice nobody seems to have made a big issue about that. Yeah. In fact, WWE has has added more meet and greets for the people who got big numbers: Big E, Sasha Banks, Mandy Rose, Drew McIntyre, and so on and so forth. The interesting thing of, of to note about Twitch is right now WWE has added a a job position of a Twitch manager. In fact, it is called. Uh, where is it it is called the uh the the a uh, gfx motion designer for twitch so it seems like a lot of this is, as we assumed is about monetization so what what is the, the how does that affect your th- your thought process in, in, in this Kyle that this is we already knew this was a monetary decision, but they want to monopolize it and monetize it themselves instead of letting them monetize it on their own. Does that affect your thought process in a lot of these guys' arguments?
4: I mean, it's not really affecting my thought process on these arguments, mostly because— um, I look at this push within wrestling for, like, unionization. You know, when I look at the WWE guys, I think about, I'll use the NFL as a comparison. Like, the NFL union struggles because Aaron Rodgers has totally different goals and a totally different approach to what he wants out of the Players Association than homie on the practice squad. Um, And that's kind of where I'm at with this, like, The WWE guys are the Aaron Rodgerses of the wrestling world. Even the ones on the lower end of the WWE's pay system are on the upper end of the industry pay system. So, Mm -hmm. like, they're worrying about Twitch and Cameo and all that other shit. Because, like, for them it's about hustling that extra endorsement dollar out of their career. I'm looking at this from the approach of that dude that's wrestling at the random-ass house show in Bethesda, Maryland, or some shit. Like, wrestling in the gym in front of, like, 50 people. I'm talking about, like, what's his minimum working condition standard? Like, when was that mat built? How sturdy are those turnbuckles, and when were they last tested? Um, Like... That kind of shit. What is the guarantee that he's gonna get paid?
5: And hey, here's the deal so, with that, though, Kyle. I'm sorry to just real quick. I'll just be real quick.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, just try Go
5: ahead. trying to put in those those working standards and healthcare type things. We've talked about this before too. For these small companies, could kill the company. It, it will kill them. It's not good. Like, it it will kill them. And, and, and that's I'm the great. thing. And I'm of the mindset that if that if your business model doesn't allow you to take care of them then your business
4: deserves to go out of business you
5: should not exist like that's just kind of the way Uh, and it sounds terrible
4: no i'm with you on that i'll back you up on that and i'll further it because here's why i'm not sympathetic to those companies anybody who knows anything about any kind of industry can tell you what your number one expenses are i'm certified as a school administrator and about to be certified as a school system superintendent i can tell you right now with certainty the top two expenses in every school system in America are personnel and benefits. The top two expenses of every business are your labor costs and your benefit costs. If you cannot build into your business model a labor benefit system that guarantees that people will be paid or that guarantees that people will have access to health coverage. I have no sympathy for your business going out of business because you don't deserve to be a business. Because if you're going to give somebody a job, they should be guaranteed payment for that job. And they should be guaranteed the ability to go to a fucking doctor.
2: I'm glad y'all brought this up because the one thing we haven't spoke about is that, in general we have, but tonight we haven't, is that this this is often framed as a WWE issue because WWE is the the shining house on the hill, right? It's it's yeah. the, the the big company. Yeah. But this unionization affects all professional wrestlers because it's not that WWE. First and foremost, no business is beholden or should be beholden to create a union for their people because there's going to be that's the conflict of interest is massive. It should be on the some entity separate from the company, right? When you think of wrestlers, there are. Hundreds of companies, three majors, a ton of mid-majors, and then all these indies, right? So one thing of note involving the Zelina Vega story, I think we should notice is Gabriel Carteris, who is the current president of labor union of the labor union, uh SAG aftra which is street street actors guild, we speak about a lot on the show, she sent a tweet responding to Zelina, to Vega's I support unionization saying, Hey, at Zelina Vega, WWE. Thanks for standing strong for labor solidarity. I support you. Please email me at such and such and such and such and such. So, what I want to do on this show is we've we've we have thought about ad nauseum, and I want to get you guys uh, opinions on this about why do these wrestlers not belong to SAG? I am on the SAG website right now. And, and the steps to join a form a performer becomes eligible for a SAG-AFTRA membership under one of the following two conditions: proof of SAG-AFTRA SAG or AFTRA employment, or employment under an affiliated performers unions union. And let me go deeper into that. Proof of employment, uh, which is which uh, says that SAG-AFTRA, and for those of you who don't know, uh, that stands for the Screen, Screen Actors, Actors Guild.
4: Guild and uh help American
2: Federation American Federation of Television and Radio Artists yeah um a SAG-AFTRA membership is available to those who work in a position covered by a SAG-AFTRA or AFTRA or SAG one of the two separate collective bargaining agreement provided that any person qualifying through work as a background actor must have completed 3 days of work as a background actor under a SAG-AFTRA collective bargaining agreement. Membership is also available to those who work one day of employment in a principal or speaking role as an actor or performer, or as a recording artist in a SAG-AFTRA cover production. Employment under an affiliated performers union includes performers may join SAG-AFTRA if the applicant is, paid, is a paid up member of an affiliated performers union, such as, ACTRA, A-E-A, AGMA or A-G-V-A for a period of one year and has worked and been paid for at least once as a principal performer in that union's jurisdiction. Uh, potential broadcast members should contact the National Broadcast Department for their local information joining. So it, there is some work for these guys to do, but it doesn't seem unattainable. So we're speaking of unionization. I don't see it happening personally. And we'll go around the horn on here and get you guys' opinion. But I don't see it happening personally because some entity is going to have to do it. And all this, the fact that people are treating Andrew Yang like he's the savior of pro wrestling is like asinine to me. Right. Because like he can only do so much. And even if he had, even if he was in the administration of the new, in the cabinet of the new current, under the new administration coming, there's only so much he can do. But it's going to, it's going to invoke people a major entity to with a huge influx of cash to only want to take care of the people if they don't do it themselves, and they're all going to have to be involved in, in this and that. If they don't do that, then they're going to have to do SAG. And this is where the okay. issue comes in. Go ahead, Rob. Okay. So actually, uh, one, um, one of the guys
6: on Twitter, and named name is John, you guys have probably seen him. Uh, he's an actor, and he t- he talked about a lot of wrestling stuff too and he's in SAG so he um he tweeted a couple things a day so basically alright for them to be in SAG for wrestling then the company you work for has to be a signatory to that union so they have to basically agree to recognize SAG as the union for the guys who work there so that's obstacle number one okay um because you, know, you can't just say hey we're we're in sag now all right um <laughs> so yeah i mean so if like the guys in you know ring of honor ring of honor has to recognize sag you know they they have to be a signatory to the agreement or wwe or wherever so that's the first part and now the other the other piece that, that he brought up was that okay once you're in sag then like you can't do non union jobs So,
2: oh, I didn't know that. Okay.
6: So, like, let's say, let's say they have, let's say say Ring of Honor, you know, agrees to it and all the RH guys are in SAG now. But, you know, um, MLW does not. So, you know, if MLW calls you and offers you a chance to do like a one shot there, you can't do it. Yeah. Or, you know, and now I didn't ask him this, but I'm just wondering, like, if you're in if you're in SAG and I mean, if you get released from the company you're working for, how does that affect you? I don't even know. But basically, the companies have to sign on and recognize SAG as the union for the guy who work there. And then you can't you, actually, you can't take non-union jobs. And then also, if SAG decides to strike for some reason, you gotta, you gotta strike too, so if sag decides to strike because you know um the the people who you know are on t v for c b s are all getting you know
2: Rider strike and or something they, like that yeah
6: if if sag decides to strike because of something going on with like c b s or something then if you're in sag well guess what you're striking too so that's a problem. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, uh, like all this stuff, it's, I, look. I, I support them unionizing some kind of way, but it is real complicated and there are a million moving parts and, you know, like, like Kyle said earlier, you know, with the Aaron Rodgers thing, um, Guys in WWE have different needs than people in ROH, and they got different needs than people who work for AEW. Yeah. They, and they got different needs than guys who work in Indies. Um, and so there's a question of, okay, well, who are your union officers going to be? Because let's say, forget a sec, let's say if they if guys across the industry all got together and said, we're forming the Wrestlers Union. Okay. Who's going to be in charge? Tribal chief. Okay. Well, if he, well. well <laughs> if, 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 I mean, if the, if the WWE folks are the union officers, then they got a whole different set of needs. Absolutely. Uh, if the ROH guys are union officers, uh, you know, you know, the ROH has criminally underpaid people for very long. So, I mean, the ROH guys, if they're in charge of the union, they're going to try to get more money. Um,
4: I mean, ideally, ideally for the union to work, like the model union from an athletic standpoint is the NBA's union, and the key there is you want your union leader to be like influential and like star level, but not necessarily guy on the marquee. Like Chris Paul has been the NBA union rep for the last how long?
2: Yeah, five, six and, years.
4: Like, yeah, and Chris Paul's an all star, and like Chris Paul's a name that anybody who follows the NBA knows, but he ain't LeBron. Yeah, when, he ain't Giannis, yeah. he ain't Kobe.
6: No, now, um, in, uh, when the players got their biggest games was when Isaiah Thomas...
4: Thomas exactly, and Isaiah again, <laughs> big name, household name, all star. He ain't Magic, he ain't Jordan, he ain't Kareem. Right.
5: So, so hey, Bert, yeah. question here. Um, maybe one of you guys will be able to answer better than I will. As far as before I even get into my point, I just want to ask this just for my own education. It are they unable to form kind of like the NFL, the NBA, MLB? Are they unable to form separate unions per company? Could you not have a WWE entertainment? entertainers association or an AEW entertainers association
4: might, my, my basically preventing them depending on where the company is headquartered. So like AEW could run into issues because that company's headquartered out of Florida with like really strong right to work laws. Right. That doesn't mean that a, a union is illegal. It would just mean that they can't force you to join the union. But like, that really cripples the union and is bullshit because, like, you mean I don't have to pay the dues, but I would still benefit from everything that the union's fighting for,
5: right? Well, my only, my, my only, the reason why I ask is it's twofold. One, let's say WWE said, or even A, no, not WWE. Let's say AEW managed to have a union.
2: Okay, WWE is more like the AEW, bro. Right? <laughs> I know,
5: I know. But for <laughs> argument, for argument's sake, <laughs> for argument's sake, we'll just say that AEW was, you know, they were everything they said they are, okay? And that they were like, you know, we're really going to do this thing, and we're really going to be this company that's just so different. And they had a union, okay? In a lot of ways, doesn't that sh- strengthen for them? Wouldn- wouldn't you think it would strengthen the interest in other wrestlers choosing AEW over WWE? Because then all of a sudden it's like, well, hey, these guys have a union. I can go over there. We can fight for benefits. We can fight for wages. We can fight for this and that. If I go to WWE, where Evil Empire, Vince, Darth Vader, McMahon says, no, we're never going to have this, all of a sudden, AEW becomes more interesting. Maybe you're able to get more talent. And the only reason I ask all these questions, and you guys can answer when I'm, you know, let me finish this one point real quick, is because I think that one of the biggest things about unionization and also I think the reason why companies have been able to kind of keep from having, you know, their employees unionized in certain situations is a lack of understanding, a lack of education. Because let's be honest, okay? I I, I don't know if I've ever used this example on the show before, but when I was young and I got my first job that offered a 401k plan, okay? They didn't educate us on a 401k plan. They were like, hey, this is the 401k plan. You join and you put however much percentage you want and we'll match up to X percentage. Awesome, cool, uh, right? But there was nobody there to actually educate. So I didn't know, right, that I literally could have gotten on the website. It was Merrill Lynch probably at the time and chosen how I wanted my funds to be divvied out, how I wanted them to be aggressive or moderate or not aggressive. I just took the, I just listened to whatever the person said. These companies have no interest in educating you, so you're forced to educate yourself. And so a lot of ways, I think that is a hindrance. What Rob was talking about all the requirements for SAG, that requires you going out and learning, getting that information yourself. How bad do you want it? Because your company is not going to do it for you. They have no interest in doing anything that's going to help you, which is why I'm so anti bootlicking companies and more fight for workers because they don't really care that much and so that's that's just kind of why i was asking because i'm i think that the lack of education is a major issue with this well
2: let me let me jump real quick and i'll give it to the rest of y'all because uh you both of you you and kyle you rob you and kyle y'all know more about about uh labor unions than i do i've never been in one i've never been in the company that had one so me me either the record but I do want to note there's a few things that Rob said and a few things that I know about labor unions that would kind of hinder your story. Number one, if you go if you sound AEW and you sound with AEW's unions, particularly AEW's union, I don't know if you could work at any other companies. Right. right. Number two, if I'm not mistaken, when you work for a union, there are set you, the wrestling business was, was built on, off carnival business so that the reason why people get paid so differently for doing the same damn job is because it's what you can negotiate. It's, it used to be paid under the table, but now you can negotiate. With that case, it's almost, I don't want to say it's going to be standardized, I would assume, and if I'm wrong, please correct me, but I feel like there is there is not the chance for you to make as much as you want or negotiate your salary the way that it was traditionally negotiated in the history of wrestling in a labor union. So there were some things that will not allow that to happen. You would think of WWE is the only company that pay they pay so much because they use much of your time. If it's in a, if the road is not happening, they're working Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, right? That's because yeah. they, they get their use out of it. It's a, it's a full-time job. AEW guys have to work indies because they don't they work one night a week. You know? Ring of Honor has uh, uh, a working relationship with RevPro and New Japan because that's how they keep their talent fresh, right? So I know New Japan is in Jap- it's in Japan, it's in a completely different situation, but True. using their model, they do the excursion model. You can't do that. I can't send Naito or Show or David Finley, right? I can't send him to Ring of Honor for six months. If Ring of Honor has a labor union, that doesn't work with another company. Right. I don't see that happening. And this is from the IGRA perspective. Please, Kyle, you're the expert, and then we'll go to Rob. But tell me tell me I'm wrong if I'm wrong.
4: Tell so you if you're wrong on, like, why companies pay more, or, like, which question am I responding to?
2: What I just...
4: A lot of things.
2: Okay, if... Those are the, the things I just mentioned are, are the reasons why I don't think one particular company having a union would work. It would have to be a all wrestlers join the same union and not AEW wrestlers join the AEW union because of the things I just listed. Is is that is that fair or am oh, I off base?
4: Like absolutely. Like you can if if each individual company has its own union, that's that's not gonna work. Um, within yep. education, for example, like every state might have their own teaching union but like that's just a state by state basis that's not a like oh if i leave this company for this company i have to rejoin the union all over like that that becomes very complicated very quickly you have like different non-compete issues um That that would be way messy, and it would also compromise the wrestler's ability to really leverage and negotiate properly.
6: Yeah, and um, it 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 would have to be industry wide because yeah, just it just wouldn't work having one company with a union and the rest of them don't. because, I mean, everybody would be trying to get to the union company. And that would, in essence, bring down people's value for that company also. I mean, for, for supply and demand reasons. And, I mean, it would have to be industry-wide. And, like I said, again, people got different concerns in different places. Like, remember Ring of Honor, was it last year? When they got that whole thing with Kelly Klein, where they got busted, basically? Last year.
2: Not, not having, no, that was this year, wasn't it? my. Um, this year's been late. that long. Okay, maybe. It yeah,
6: it's it crazy. crazy. Um, they found like they didn't have attending positions at all their shows and guys were taking Uber to the hospital and stuff like that. I mean, the ring of honor, you know, so that's a different concern with being, you know, getting being able to get third party money, right? I mean, it's just two different things entirely. Um for guys in AEW, you know, you might want. To, there's a concern in AEW that they put all those people on dark, and a lot of them never make it to Dynamite. So, um, if you're only working dark every week, then you might be wasting your time. In your opinion, you you might think that you're wasting your time, basically. So, you might want to have it negotiated that, you know, you get at least X number of, of nights on Dynamite every year. Because
2: and think about the, think about think about dark real quick too. I'm sorry, Rob. Just I want to add to this. Dark is a show where they have so many indie guys come in to get a look. Would that still happen? I'm sorry, Rob.
6: Um, well, because well, that's the other thing. Because those guys aren't getting paid. They're not. Well, some of them aren't getting paid at all. Like uh, the dude who ended up signing with WWE, right? And Carter, so, yeah. yeah. So dark is kind of yeah. the way. That. Well, now, okay, now I'm, now it's time to take shots at the root. Group. Okay.
2: <laughs> are, are we are we pivoting or do we want to put a bow on this? That feels before we talk like journalism. journalism. That feels okay, like journalism. So,
6: so, well, I, cause, see, because my thing is, because you know, you hear people saying, "Oh, they let people work other dates." Well, they let you work other dates, so they don't have to pay you that much. <laughs> Dog. That's not. Uh, they don't do it to be nice. So, so you know they got all these people working dark. They're not paying them worth a damn. And yeah, they let them work other places. I guess so because they don't want to pay you that much. Okay. I mean, if if you want to make any real money there, then you probably don't get. Because look, you don't see is MJF working other dates now? No. He he left MLW at the beginning of the year. Um So I don't think he's working any other now. So I'm assuming he's making real money there, and he ain't working other dates anymore. Jungle Boy Luchasaurus are working other dates.
2: Joey Janela,
6: yeah, Joey Janela's working other dates. I mean, a lot of those guys are working. So I mean, if I'm if, if you know if your labor concerns if you work for AEW would be I think that you want something stable on the main show. At least X number of days a year, so that you can get main show money, right? And that's a whole different animal than, again, you know, third party stuff for WWE or ROH, making sure you have a damn doctor in the building, right? I mean, um,
4: or AEW actually stopping matches when people get hurt.
2: Oh God! Can I can I can I read something to you guys that I that I found interesting? Speaking about the whole payment system in AEW, because if you remember, they said equal pay at, at the very beginning, which we know is. not from the root beer folk? Yes. And this could go, this could lead into my diatribe on Mr. Runnels, because I'm not calling him Cody nor Rhodes. He's Mr. Runnels, mm-hmm. uh, or Garrett, uh, as I like to call him. But um, he, Dang. so, you know, he was on this, the AEW unrestricted podcast and just put both his. Both his dumbass feet in his mouth multiple times. But this particular time he spoke about uh I'm just gonna read the whole article to you, particularly. It's interesting. Uh you know what? I'm not gonna read the article. This just talk about the part that's important. He's he's speaking about uh the money situation, right? So he said um he was speaking about there's a tier system in AEW essentially. So he says uh, and the grid will appear is a t- it's tier zero, meaning that you'll get a bonus, uh, which Tony is super generous with. If you ask some of these extras what they're making for being there, my uh, my dad would have lost it. But he's right. It's COVID era. They have no other work. There's no indies. Tier zero is just a signing bonus and exclusivity to us in terms of we get a first option on you. I believe is how it works. And we guarantee you X amount of dates, five dates. The exclusivity thing is case by case, but we guarantee you an X amount of dates. The goal is you don't want to pay someone agree to appear. Chris Harrington, who's their CFO, would handle this much better than I am. You don't want to keep giving them their weekly, their weekly, their weekly, their weekly versus tier oneing them, which is our base contractor agreement. That's another thing. We're just talking about Tony. We built a middle card and a lower card. We have tier ones, Tier twos, tier threes, tier fours, and tier Jericho. Thoughts?
1: <laughs>
2: I, well, that's kind of what I suspected. Um, I'm
6: guessing that so that yeah, tier Jericho and and look Jericho should get paid more than anybody else there. Sure.
2: Yes. Yes. He,
6: absolutely. He is the reason that they have any type of show audience, really. I mean, I'm dead serious. He he is the draw, so he should get paid more than everybody else there. Um, I did kind of suspect they had different tiers because, after all, I mean, you know, the, the guys from the Dark Order probably aren't making that much, right? Uh, those guys that show up on Dark but don't ever get on Dynamite. Aren't making that much, and they are
5: known as numbered people, not actually having names. So, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Well,
2: well, John Silver got a name because everybody knows that motherfucker. But you're right.
6: <laughs> oh, so, yeah. I mean, so they have. So I mean, it's probably similar to like guys who used to be job guys back on you know back in the day on the, the Saturday shows. You know, um, they got paid less than you know the any of the name guys, and then. From there it just it, it went up depending on how many dates you work and all of that stuff. So
2: sure, but the difference is in WWE you negotiate your contract. So yeah. equal pay to AEW apparently means, well, all the lower car motherfuckers got equal the same mm-hmm. y'all get the same amount of pay. And all the motherfuckers who throw on dark, y'all get the same amount of pay. And all the people who, yeah, y'all might have made it in some shows, y'all get the same amount of pay. So like that's not equal pay though. See, I,
4: I also find the term I find the term interesting to use because when I hear the term equal pay, I assume you're talking about you not paying the men and women different. Like that's what I always assume when I hear the term. Oh, yes, about equal pay, that that means that you're just not paying the men at one rate and the women at a different rate. So, like, do the main event level women get paid the same amount as the main event level men? Like.
2: Well, ain't no
4: man. No. Yes, and the answer is no. Then that's not a fact. No. Well, that's
2: as my my friends say in Spanish. No.
5: Yes, that's the that's the whole thing though. Like uh, this is the main reason, guys, that I've been so put off by that company from Go and everything about them. It's why I've yet to watch anything closely with them outside of the stuff I see on the interwebs, is because all they do is spout nonsense, put their foot in their mouth constantly, They and the people that, that back them up constantly give them a pass for all the egregious, ridiculous, outlandish crap that they do, and they're just so off-putting as a company in general. Did anybody honestly think I'm not trying to be a a dick here, okay? And if you guys all thought this, fine. But if did anybody really think that when they said, oh, yeah, equal pay and all that, that that was really the case. Like, Kyle, you just mentioned you thought it meant men, women, equal pay, right? Well, when I hear the term equal pay, that's the only thing I ever think. But did anybody, I mean, like, to me, I just, like, we really think that Chris Jericho, if he's the top draw for AEW, is going to make the same amount as is the woman who's the top draw for AEW, whoever that is really going to make Chris Jericho money. Like we knew it wasn't going to happen. Every, like we knew it was BS from the start. I I mean, at least that's the way I felt about it. Like they were just trying to portray themselves as something different so that people would care. And the thing is, it's, it hasn't worked, really, because they haven't gained any new viewers since they started. I mean, let's just be honest about it. The ratings are the same. If you pay attention to ratings at all, it's the same. You still got to pay 50 bucks for a pay-per-view. Nobody does that anymore. So, I mean, people will, yes, but, it, you know, in generalities here, we're all spoiled with the WWE Network. We like that nine ninety nine a month, see a pay-per-view. So, Not I mean. The
2: WWE, New Japan, MLW, sure. Ring of Honor, T-Impact Plus, all of sure. them have their own.
5: So that's kind of like, it it leads into the other thing that I know you're going to, we're going to have to talk about Cody Rhodes with, and I'm not going to. Don't don't call him
2: by that name. Don't call him by that name. I'm not going to let, I'll
5: let someone else segue to it, but it's just another, it's like another point in in the AEW saga. Like, look, and look, I'm here to give the work to WWE too. Uh, I've done it multiple weeks in a row and that's the show that I, that I pay the most attention to. But, you know, at least they're, at least for the most part, they just say the silent part out loud. You know, well, hey, we ain't gonna let them have Twitch. We ain't gonna let them unionize. We ain't gonna let them do nothing. I mean, that's just the way it is. At least we know. At least they're not coming out and being like, oh, yeah, well, we're cool with this and we're cool with that. And then behind the scenes, you hear otherwise because that's not typically what happens. So we know that Vince McMahon is the, like I said before, he's Darth Vader. He's, it's the evil empire over there. So, I mean, at least they are honest what, about
2: would, it. Would well, be Palpatine?
5: Mm, maybe so. But then who would be Darth Vader? you got to have a Darth Vader, right?
2: Hunter,
6: I guess. <laughs> See <laughs> yeah. anyway, anyway that, that would make sense because Hunter was one of the boys and now he's part of the Empire, just like Anakin. So,
2: yeah. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, look. If y'all will oblige... I got some shit to do.
4: I don't get to talk shit about root beer. <laughs> oh
2: no, please. Hey, I can't see your I can't see your video, so I don't know if you chomp at the bit and I'm really ready to shit on Mr. Runnels. Please go ahead. I mean I
4: <laughs> No, I, I mean I'm just so sick and tired of like I say it every fucking week, but like the EVPs of this company make this company so hard to like. Like Every fucking time Cody gives an interview, he's out here talking more and more stupid shit. This motherfucker out here in 2020 defending unprotected chair shots to the head?
2: Mm, Are you hey, don't talk about th- me. Yeah, 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 like, yeah.
4: This motherfucker that's what, that's on my out list. here like, just saying the dumbest shit over and over and over again. And I'm just like, dude. Close your fucking mouth. Let your product talk for itself. You have a decent product to air. Why are you so extra?
6: Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. And, well, well, this is kind of the, this is why the boys shouldn't run the company. Um, because, I mean, like, I mean, we, you know, we give them crap for, like, saying they're going to do stuff and they're not doing it. Honestly, I think a lot of it is just that those guys are in over their head in a lot of ways, and um, and like this thing with the chair shots. Well, I mean, that honestly, that's a labor thing, also, because now I mean, he is kind of indirectly pressuring people to do that kind of thing, so look, because he did it. You know, I'm the boss, I went out there, I took one to the head and got busted open, so don't you know don't, don't you come telling me about, Hey boss, I ain't, I, you know, I don't, I'm not too sure about taking that bump. Right. Um, And even though, look, and he may never come out and say that, you know, he he may never come out and tell anybody, Hey man, you need to go and take that chair. But the fact that he, a year later, he's talking about it like that and put out a tweet even, you know, that, you know, Eric to the head, it can be safe. He will show you how. Well, I mean, maybe, I,
2: um, I have, the- I have the receipts, Rob. I have the receipts, yeah. so I can read you the receipts, sir. I have the receipts right in front of me. Oh. Yeah, so, the, the, yes, um, this is again off of that AW restrict unrestricted podcast in which he put all of his feet in his mouth at the same time. First part. The thing that gets, this is, this, is, this is Garrett speaking. Yes, I don't call him by that other name. The thing that gets talked about a lot and it's safe to talk about is the gimmicked chair, quote unquote, with Sean Spears and how terribly wrong it all went. I actually told him last night, I told Ronnie, which is Sean's real name, I had told him it's entirely my fault what happened. The whole thing is my fault. I did not have a concussion, but I was definitely shell-shocked. When I came back and Steve Yu and all the Comeback Studio guys were filming, they were filming a very real moment. But I saw out of the corner of my eyes as I headed for the training room, Moxley and John, and Tony Khan, Moxley, John Moxley and Tony Khan, just ripping spears to shreds. I hadn't seen that, kind, that side of the owner, the founder, the chief, the boss, Tony, and I hadn't seen that side of Moxley. Some days he says one half a word to you, other days he's talking your ear off. It was cool to see that because he cared about my health and he cared about the product. And I could see him pantomiming to spears on how he was supposed to do it. Tony's agreeing because you've got a wrestler. He's clearly got to be right, but he's wrong. I really appreciate uh, that he cared about me. So continuing further, and this is where the shit gets controversial. He's wrong because I'm the one who told Ronnie Spears to swing from the side. I told him to swing from the side, and the last words I told him, because there's a whole series of days prior to this, swing for the fences. And when I landed, I don't know if you can make out the camera shot, but when I land, my head is so stiff from the shot that I land, the awkward landing where you have two falls, I muttered, swing for the fences. Here was my objective, and I want people to understand this. (sighs) Wrestling is violent. People get hurt. This is not ballet. You've heard all this stuff. Now, I don't want anyone to get hurt. The art is to make it look like we hurt each other, and then we can go home. That's why we shake hands over and over and over again. If we're going to be held to the same standard as TV and film... I'm going to I'm going to say that again. If we're going to be held to the same standard as
3: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: TV
2: and film, which some people would like to hold us to those same standards. Wink, wink. We have a comparable reach. We have global penetration, pop culture-wise. It just gets worse and worse. Well, then, well... Then, if Captain America can be swinging his shield around, hitting people in the head with it, no one's crying headshots. No one's blaming this modern generation for whatever the hell they did in 1990-something with Mick and Rock and Ken Shamrock. That's not our fault. So I wanted to take chair shots to the head back for the boys. But I wanted to do it safely. Keep on going. I'm not done. I got more to go. Here was the plan. The plan was, and I explained this because everyone was pretty adamant against it. I said, we'll do a chair shot to the head, but we will literally gimmick the chair. It would have been nice to have a person who knew how to do that. It went from, okay, my friend ordered this off Amazon to see if this would work. Or if we take the cushion off. Is it super thin, like sheet metal, like a cookie sheet? Keep going. But then it it won't look like a wrestling steel chair. When you hear this, it sounds even stupider. So what do we do? So Charlie Ramon, who saved Moxley in that moment, he's been in, in a bunch of random segments. I would classify Charlie as what we call our magic department. It's crafts. It's props. In WWE, the department was called Magic. He briefly, he was briefly the head of our props division. He was also fired the same day he was head of our props division because of how bad this all went. The plan was Charlie was going to sand the seat of the chair so that it was a cookie sheet. A cookie sheet can't hurt anybody. It sounds like it does. It's not unlike while we hit each other with the trash can lid. He was going to sand the seat of the chair and then again, swing for the fences. So I wanted to see it. And I being very organized, I said, well, I want two of them because what if we decide to do one in the middle of the day to test it? I want to have two of them. And then you mark them with the piece of tape and you leave them in my office. The night before, Walking to that oceanfront center, or whatever it's called in Daytona, Tony Khan is adamant that Charlie hits him with the chair. And I was adamant that he is not hitting you with the chair. You're not talking a headshot. I'm sorry, you're not taking a headshot. No, if you're going to take that shot, I want to take that headshot. I really appreciate it, but we're sanding this thing down, and we can't dent it. Perhaps we should have. I still would never want Tony to take this, but even he was banging his own head banging it against his own head. Like, see, it's nothing. And he kept banging. I've got more to go. We ain't even halfway done yet. Um, he's in it. <laughs> he and I'm look, I'm reading all this for a purpose. This is it's important to note that I have to read all of this. Oh. He, he's in the, Get some water, y'all. It's gonna take a sec. He's an energetic individual. Sorry, story time with Ray. This is what I'm going to call these segments. Oh, man. He's an energetic individual. But what I told them, I said, if we get a lot of heat right out of the gate, optics wise, say to whatever sources you want to, however you want to distill this information, tell them it was a gimmick's chair. So, um, Tell them it was a gimmick's chair. So that in the fiction, in the actual product in what we're doing, we're not addressing it. But off the record, he is addressing it. So really, no one can get mad. That was the plan. Should have coordinated the plan with everybody. <laughs> that would include Matt and Nick Jackson, who I left out in the wilderness on this. Kenny, who I don't think I said a word to about this. So that's where the term gimmick chair came from. In the end, he did sand the chair down. It was sheet metal, and it was beautiful. It's just my advice to Ronnie to swing from the side is what created. He swung for the fences, but the back bar, the top bar, is what ate the back of my head. So I knew it went bad, but I was like, man, it was a great moment. It was a great moment. I didn't have a concussion Brandy doesn't like when I do violent things, but I'm a weird, violent wrestler. I like to get hit in the face. It's a weird thing. She don't like that. So she's yelling at me, but not yelling at me, being a good wife. But in my mind, I was like, nah, moment was cool. That was a cool moment. And then they went on that scrum that night, Matt and Nick, and they're saying it was gimmicked. And then Tony said... It was pilot error, and then it just became this whole just big thing, and then we're never going to do chair shots to the head again, and my attempt to get chair shots to the head back for the boys, but safely, was a failed attempt. In hindsight, maybe it should have never been attempted, because the optics of hitting someone in the head with the chair are still the same. Whether it's our fault for what Mankind and Ken Shamrock and all those guys did, people still look at it that way. So, I didn't think of that. And that was a big lesson for me. Would I do it again? Yeah! I would do it because it led to a fun pay-per-view. And Spears has never really had the moment I think he deserves. He had Tully Blanchard, he had that moment. I thought it was the right moment and is what he deserved as somebody who helped train me early on in my career and was really patient with me. The chair, we have one at the nightmare factory. We have the other one. So you never know, it's available. You can't swing it sideways as Moxley just kept. You got to swing it overhead. But chairs to the head, I don't see us doing it again. Uh, y'all, go, y'all go first. Y'all go first. Oh my it's a lot. God. Of, it's a lot
5: of word vomit.
2: It's I need some water. a lot of God. word vomit. I need some y'all, water, bro. Oh my y- lord! Y'all go, y- go first. Okay. Okay. So oh, first God. of all, that is the yeah, dumbest and, thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm sorry. I, That's it's so hard. hard for, yeah, it,
5: it's hard for me to piece it together because you, 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 you like oh, I just so I've to the end of it where you're like where Why Cody is so like, so hey. Red. So, Cody is basically saying, well, looking back, in hindsight, the optics are still bad. And then he turns around and says, would I do it again? Yes. Maybe I shouldn't have done it. I'd do it again, though. Yeah. Like, that's that's like the first thing that jumps out of all the things that jump out. But the other thing is like, correct me if I'm wrong, but when Tony got on Twitter about it, he kind of played it down. I, am I wrong about that? I, I, no, I
2: Tony said it was user that, that basically that spirit swung it wrong. Right. And the book said it was gimmick chair. Because nobody knew the truth other than Tony and and, and and Cody. And by the way, shout out to the saint to the savior of the sanctity of safety, John Moxley. When John Moxley is preaching safety to you in a wrestling perspective, something is wrong with your company.
5: Well, he spent a lot of time at WWE and probably learned a thing or two while he was there.
2: He's also the guy that wants to lay and play in barbed wire and tax.
5: That's true. That is true. I don't know, man. Like this, this whole, this whole. It's just here's the thing. I, I got to do an argument with some people about this the, the other day, and they were trying to play it off. It's like, well, you know, you know, Tony Khan gets involved, and you know that that's okay because. We shouldn't be upset that they're trying to play off a storyline or they're trying to play off, and that's fine, whatever. But I just don't – there have been no lessons learned. Like, yes, okay, so they haven't done chair shots of the head since. But then what happened? You let Matt Hardy come back into a match after he got knocked the fuck out. Like thirty seconds later, and then you had Brent a guy. Happened
2: to Britt Baker. Happened to, to Alex Reynolds. Yep.
5: Or what? Well, yeah, exactly. Reynolds, right? With the with the eight man tag, he's laid out cold in the ring. You've got the EVPs of the company still trying to get their shit in, while this guy is laid out in the ring. I well, so drink. like so even if you wanted to give him a pass for that, the optics are even worse because you're coming out a year later and discussing this incident you say yeah i would do it again i would still do it again even though i shouldn't i still do it again all that tells me is that you've learned no lessons you don't care about safety because you're sitting here and not really regretting anything that you've done like you know you won't do it but you still would have if given the opportunity it's kind of gross and once again it it's just it, it just lends itself to the fact that this company Is They they exist to cater to one group of, of wrestling fans, and that is fine. They can have them. They really can. You guys can have that stuff. It's not for me. I'm not for a company that is not down to learn lessons, that continues to give them not only get passes, but gives themselves a pass on all this stuff and plays down every major incident that happens. I'm just not down for it. That's really all I'm going to say about it, because I'm one of those kind of guys that actually, I used to really like Cody a lot. Like, I think most, uh, Grants, you know for sure that he used to be one of my favorite guys in wrestling. I was super happy for him when he left and started doing some things on his own. I do think he's got a lot of talent, especially like as a performer, maybe not so much as a wrestler, but you know me, I don't care about the wrestling side that much. So, but I'm just, I'm done. I'm like wash my hands of it because... They put their foot in their mouth too much. They can't seem to get it right. They don't seem to care. It's all about popping the boys or whatever. Because, as we know, it's all friends wrestling.
2: And I'll just leave it at that. Kyle, I need some of your medicine, dog. Please, because like I need to, I need, I need to drink. I need to get high. I need something. Because right now, this is too much for me. This is so, too much for me, dog.
4: So like, I. I just don't understand how you can be someone who actively worked for the company when Chris Benoit happened and yet just so flippantly dismiss the dangers of CTE and just say, oh yeah, I told homie to swing for the fences. Like, Bruh, what? You said what? oh, oh, no, we were talking about, you know, just gimmick the chair and, like, Mox was super pissed, but, like, it's cool, dog, it's cool. What? Like, like, dude, you own this fucking company. Like, you're setting the example that other people are supposed to live by, and you just sent the message that, again, sent the message that health and safety is not a priority for your company. I watched the Matt Hardy thing happen. And I'm not putting that on the company itself because Audrey tried to step in and call that match. But you allowed, as the producer and EVP of that company, you allowed the talent to overrule the ref and the doctor who both tried to tell him, nah, this is over. You let that shit happen. You allowed... Somebody to just swing a non-gimmick chair at you full force. Talking about, oh, I had to take one for the team. No, motherfucker, you got to set an example for the team. That we don't, you, you got Taz out here talking about we don't run a sloppy shop. Bitch, everything about your shop is sloppy. Everything about it is sloppy. You've had a COVID outbreak now. You can't hang that shit over nobody's head like you could before. You got people taking these unnecessary, dangerous-ass fucking bumps. You out here as the owner of the company putting yourself in fucking danger like it ain't shit. You got people overruling medical staff like it ain't shit. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Clean your shit up. You, so, you, real quick,
5: sorry, I just want to say Kyle reminds me of the the way he just said that and the faces he was making. He reminds me of like when you when you hear someone slam the door in your house, like your kid like slams the door in your house, you're like, hey, you don't pay the bills around here, you don't get to be slamming doors. That's the way Kyle just sounded right then. I just want to, to throw that out there.
2: Okay. he's a disappointed parent? All right. <laughs>
6: All right, so here we go. All right, so one, he is a bona fide idiot. I'm just gonna say that he he okay, he is a moron. That's number one. Full stop. Yeah, and um, it just is. And look, and like we all say, look, Vince is Vince McMahon is a, is a crazy man, but he's not stupid. Okay. Cody is stupid. <laughs> Clearly. Tony Khan is a fanboy running a company and he ain't too bright either. Right, which if you follow Jacksonville Jaguars, you would know that anyway.
4: I mean you know that because he's too, too busy wank he's too busy wanking
5: dogs oh, to make God. effective <laughs> business choices. We almost got through
2: a whole damn show. Uh,
5: real quick, Rob, I want you to finish the thought, but I just wanted to say one thing. This is how you know Cody is ridiculous, okay? All of this to get Sean Spears over.
2: Because he trained me when I started wrestling.
5: Sean Spears.
2: And, um. and one more thing. <laughs> one more thing. One more thing. If if you didn't want Tony if you didn't want Tony Khan to take the headshot because you thought it was too dangerous, doesn't that continue
6: okay so uh, Tony is the fanboy owner Cody's an idiot And, and again like the whole thing with Sean Spears that I mean that just reeks of like vanity promotion because you're devoting all this time and energy to for Sean Spears because he trained you um yeah, and it's Sean Spears. Okay, when they say, you know, this is why the boys don't run the company, because this is why. This is what happens. Every, every crazy, stupid idea that comes to your head, nobody's there to stop you. And this is what happens, okay? Because, you know, I mean, everybody wants to talk about, you know, evil Vince won't let you do this and won't let you do that. And we see now there are reasons for that, okay. <laughs> um, and and that's it's not just Vince, all right. You know, and you go to Ring of Honor. There's somebody there telling you, you. I mean, Cody didn't get to do whatever he wanted in Ring of Honor, right? There were parameters. There were, you know, and all of that. You know, there's somebody. You know, there's always there. Sh- there should be somebody telling you you know what you can and can't do and that person needs to be somebody who is not you know preoccupied with their own performance imagine growing up
4: imagine growing up the child of someone who produced a show and not knowing how to produce a show
6: and um, let me add this let me add this his father got fired from Crockett, when when they were selling to Turner, right, like right when the Turner people took over, Dustin got fired as the Booker because he did a spot on Saturday Night where the Road Warriors, you know, did a spike, you know, t- took one of the spikes off their shoulder pads and you know cut them open on Saturday, and he got fired for that. Um, so your dad has first hand experience getting fired for doing something stupid on TV. Okay, and I'm sure your dad has told you about the time he got fired for doing something stupid on t v, so Cody should know better than anybody about doing stupid things on t v and what can happen and and considering that he books himself just like Dusty used to book himself all the time, you would think he would he he would know that, but again, but this whole company again, they have they have in general, they do have a good wrestling product. Yes. But, but at the end of the day, this thing exists because Tony Khan wanted to, wanted to have himself a wrestling company and then Cody and Kenny and the Bucks, basically, they, did, they didn't want to go work for Vince because they didn't want Vince telling them what to do. And they didn't want they didn't want Gato telling them what to do anymore either in Japan. And they didn't want you know, whoever was running the ROH, they didn't want them. You know, they didn't want to be. They didn't want to be told what to do anymore. They wanted to be able to just do whatever the hell they wanted. And then Tony wanted to have himself a little wrestling company. So they all kind of met, you know, hooked up together, and this is what happened. So all, all friends wrestling. There's there nobody there to say, "No, we can't." No, you can't do this. All right. And here's and there's nobody there. I mean, it, 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 that's. And this is what happened. So, you know, you have... And then there's nobody there to tell Matt Hardy no. Because, you know, Matt Hardy's a made guy because he goes way back with Cody and Jericho and the whole gang. So, Matt Hardy's a made guy for the minute he walked in the door. So, you know, he he lands on his head. He wants to keep going. Nobody stops him. Then you have the, the tag team match where the guy, guy looked dead in the middle of the ring. And...
4: Not look dead was actively passed the fuck out for over a minute, and they just kept wrestling over him.
6: And because now compare that with um the thing on SmackDown last night where Chelsea Green broke her arm, and they got her the hell out of there. Because like you know she because you know people you know my Twitter timeline like what happened? She disappeared, and you know she you know she didn't she broke her arm. She didn't get concussed. She broke her arm. They got her the hell out of there, mm-hmm. All right? Um, and you know we've seen those couple of times where somebody got hurt during the match, and even though the the, the three count was awful as hell, they just went ahead and counted three and got him out and got everybody out of there.
2: When Ivar broke his neck,
6: that when that happened, and then when uh, Garza, you know, a couple you know a uh, couple weeks yeah. later, he you know, and yeah. even though it yeah. looked. It looked and then um well Mickey James, they thought she was hurt. So they got you know, they got her the hell out of there.
2: They're on the side of caution, yeah.
5: It's 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 lessons previous lessons are what brought yeah. them to, to make those decisions. Learning you've got to learn your lesson. And WWE is not beyond reproach, but they mm-hmm. have gotten much better in recent memory of fixing things on the fly and making sure that the safety of the workers comes first in regards to an injury, even if they thought and they were wrong, like in the case of Mickey James, right? Better safe than sorry. And this is something that AEW needs to learn. And unfortunately I can't continue to give them a pass, especially when the guys heading up that company are veterans of the business. I just can't give you a pass. And it it just goes to what you said, Rob, that they don't have anybody to tell them no. It's like leaving an alcoholic in a liquor store and nobody being there to do a damn thing about it. You know what's going to happen.
4: But here's what I I firmly believe this. I firmly believe this. I believe there are people there that are telling them no. The problem is they are where the, they don't, and they don't have to listen because the buck stops with the elite people. So like, because you, I'm sorry, you cannot convince me that a company that has Arne Anderson on the payroll, Dean Malenko on the payroll, Jerry Ali Blanchard on the payroll, Jerry, Jerry Lynn, Lynn on the payroll, Jim Ross, Jim Ross on the payroll. Like you cannot tell me that a company that has that many people on the fucking payroll that are long term veterans of this industry that nobody's telling them no. I mean, shit. Even fucking uh, what's-his-face that's on commentary with Ross and Tony. Um, Taz? No, not Taz. Excalibur? Uh, Excalibur? Even Excalibur's been in the business for a long-ass fucking time. He ain't, like, the level of veteran that Arn and them are. But Taz is another one. Like, you've got so many people in that company that have been around for so fucking long.
1: Jake Roberts.
4: I know there are people that are saying, "Yo, dog, nah, nah." I bet Mike Kyoto's in there in some of that meetings talk about, "Nah, I don't know about all that. I don't know about all Jim,
2: that." Jim, Jim Ross has said that on the podcast. He said, like, th- one of the things that they need to learn is they need to learn to listen more.
5: Like, that's interesting to me a little bit because, like, to be fair, like Jim Ross at this point in his life, where he's like, at any given moment, may th- show his hog on Twitter, or, like. I don't know how much you can trust him, but apparently he still cares enough about the business to not let, uh, not want these guys to hurt themselves. You
1: I don't know, think I don't he cares think it's no.
4: so much about trusting him as much as it's just one of those things where the guys that have been in the industry for a long time they care about the business itself a lot, and they know they still know wrestling. Yeah, and so I think that the point is when Jim when Jim's talking about like they need to learn to listen, it's more like trying to save them from themselves as yeah, much as possible. Sure. Yeah, because like to his credit, like I think there are a lot of ways we can criticize him separately, but to his credit, you know who from that inner circle hasn't been caught up in these kinds of levels of excess? Kenny Omega.
6: Yeah. Right. Like I think yes. we
4: have plenty of room to criticize Kenny for other things like Kenny's supposed to be the one overseeing that women's division. What women's division? Exactly. <laughs> right. Um but on the same token Kenny doesn't get caught up in all of that like bullshit that they're guilty of
5: doing. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that for sure.
6: Yeah, definitely. And everyone's
5: um, everyone's got their faults, right? You know. Yeah.
6: Yeah. And um Yeah, it's just—I mean, it's—it's too much. And again, but this is all, you know, because it's a vanity—it's a vanity promotion. That's what it is. And it just so happens that they have enough good people there that they put on that they do generally put on a good wrestling product. It—it is a vanity promotion, and you know. Cody is. I mean, he's Jeff Jarrett, and except that people like him. <laughs> don't
2: don't don't <laughs> disrespect Jeff Jarrett's name like that. Cody Rhodes is the biggest grifter in the history of all professional wrestling. Damn, bigger. He's a bigger Damn. grifter than Jeff That's Jarrett. A he's, a big, he's a bigger grif, He's a bigger grifter than than. Terry Bolea, he's a bigger grifter than any human being has ever lived in the professional wrestling because he has never told the truth. Everything he says is a lie. Well, I got my name back, but I'm not going to use it in wrestling. Announcing the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Like, everything about him is a lie. We spoke about unionization earlier. He just came out, all everything he said in the rallies, and basically when they when they asked him about it later on, he's like, I don't know about that, bro. I don't think it's going to work for us. That doesn't work for me, brother. Like, everything. The pay tiers he talked about. The chair shots. Tell me one time he's told the truth. Please. Uh I'm waiting. Um, well...
6: And this is the sad thing, because... I think we were all rooting for him when he left WWE. We
5: were right. all rooting for you!
6: <laughs> because, because, honestly, because it looked like... And I remember when he went on talk with Jericho, he, he did not sound bitter. He, he just said, look, you know what? I thought I could be doing more than they had me doing, so, so I moved on. And he, and he came off as just really positive, and I, you know, we were all rooting for him, right? And but now here we are and clearly you know he's doing he and Brandy are doing Hunter and Stephanie cosplay when he's not doing Dusty cosplay um, and you know and this is all one big you know my friend DJ who was on you with the podcast Ray uh, we've heard this is all this is all the you know the the Vince didn't love me enough Show it's
2: not Vince didn't love you enough, it's Dust didn't love you enough because Dust's favorite son is Paul Rhodes. Real quick, real quick, I just
5: right. Should we have we should have all seen this coming? And the reason why I say that is because this is the same guy who brought his poor dog to a show and shot pyro all over the damn place. Let's be honest here, okay? Maybe we should have all seen it coming from the beginning. With Cody. Well, let's
2: start with the first lie. Let's start with the first lie. The very first lie he ever told in his 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 path to becoming gripter of the century was when he left WWE and had fans believing that well, they wouldn't let you leave Stardust. They didn't want you to succeed. They told him you can. They wanted him to be Cody Rhodes after Dusty died. And he said, nah, brother, Dusty would want me to stay the course. He even put a big tweet out about it, and the pictures, stay the course, kid. His call started us because that was something that that, that Dusty was calling him back in the day. You had the out. You know the wrestling business. You don't get multiple chances to change your gimmick. Ask Shorty G.
6: <laughs>
2: I,
5: I choose to remember Cody as the guy who had one of my favorite mid-card WrestleMania matches against Rey Mysterio. That's the way I choose to remember Cody now. So
2: choose, remember Cody has a bump on my ass, piece of shit, bitch ass, motherfucker. <laughs> well,
5: Cody I'm, will never be on the the Outsiders' edge. I don't think. No,
2: well, I like I have I have truly grown to disdain Garrett Runnels. Like I like he is the biggest piece of shit in the wrestling business to me, and that covers a lot. Now, granted, I think I reserve the right to put people who are abusers or, like, criminals over him, but in terms of the non-criminal pieces of shit, numero uno. Wow. Um it Just, I mean, it... call him Jeff Jarrett shit. Jeff Jarrett is fucking Jesus Christ compared to that piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, um,
6: again, like I was saying, this, this turned into, you know, the, uh, I get it. It's a vanity promotion and
2: all elite wrestling, bro. Come on, dog. Yes, of course it is.
6: And, um, because when, cause um, when they were first starting, you know, Greg, our boss here at the chair he wrote something about all this. And one of the questions he asked was, you know, what happens if it comes to a point where Tony needs to fire Cody in the Bucks? And, um, now, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon but like we've seen like more recently where Tony's talked about cracking down on people working on other dates because people are going to those indie shows and they're coming back with rona um and he's talked about cracking down on that and and also uh, there was a thing um I think Cody or somebody was on busted open and mentioned that Cody gave Tony a list of people that he wanted to have defend the TNT title against and that Tony vetoed some of them and just said flat out that he didn't think that person was you know ready to be on television.
2: Tony's so, trying to be more of a boss, but it's it's gonna take it's gonna be two or three years away before he's a real boss.
6: Yeah, but it looks like he's well, I mean this might be the initial signs of him maybe smartening up.
2: He's learning his lesson because he see he sees the receipts. He he he's paying the paycheck. He is seeing what's happening. And he's complicit in this too. Because he he has boy, he has gotten what he has gotten on the all-time damn, I'm glad they forgot about that moments. Because we just forgot about the fact he lied about Matt Hardy having a concussion, almost dying. We just moved on with that. Our little minds don't can't last that long. Because we can move on to the next thing that had happened. We're talking about Selena Vega today. But forget the fact he almost let a dude die. And then went back, lied about it, had the guy come out and do a promo to talk about it. And the dude said in the promo, well, I'm not cleared. Why you not cleared, Matt? Because you got a concussion. And then you go and have the final match where you redo the spot with Greg Gre- Rivera Gre- Gre- to end the... F- f- oh, my...
4: I mean, they run a sloppy fucking shop.
5: No, they don't. I said they don't.
4: No, that's all there is to it. They run a sloppy fucking shop. They run a sloppy fucking shop because they're so busy popping the boys and running their indie shows where everybody's doing 100 million set pieces and it's all flippy-doos that, like, they ain't worried about actual fucking safety.
2: Okay, yeah. so
4: let's. let's. And, and you know what? And you know who else can get this work, though? But you know who else can get this work? We've been giving Cody a lot of this work, but you know who else can get this work for a totally different fucking reason?
1: Thank His you.
2: Performative ass wife. Say no more. i right, right. Say no more. She was already
1: next to my wrist, mind. man.
2: Say, hold on, say no more. Hold on. Who I told you tonight was so
4: Shit I have ever fucking heard. I'm sorry, I am not one to ever question anybody's blackness, but who the fuck replaced Brandy
2: Rhodes with whoever the fuck this is? <laughs> um, can can I read something to y'all real quick before we go any further? Uh Ooh, performative ass bullshit. The definition of the term code switching. <clears throat> the practice of alternating between two or more languages or varieties of language in conversation. That is one of the greatest examples of code switching in the history of professional wrestling. Because Brandy all of a sudden remembers she was black for a minute.
1: Well, and I'm or, glad or you said that. Well, I'll be
2: black in character for a minute.
4: No, I'm glad you phrased it that way, though, because that's really what this is. Because I'm just like, I'm sorry. I've heard you talk before. And if this were authentic at all, it would have sounded like it. That shit sounded so fucking forced.
2: Big Swole is authentic, right? Naomi is authentic. Bianca is authentic. Bianca is authentic. authentic. Sasha Banks is authentic, right? Zelina
4: Vega, you can say a lot of things about Zelina, but that is 100% authentic Puerto Rican woman right there.
2: Man, fuck both of them, fucking Runnels people. So, so, go ahead, Rob.
6: Okay, so actually, I was thinking about this today. All right, I think there are two sides of this, and I'm going to take up for her briefly at first. All right, and that is because she's a black woman on a TV show that is lowbrow entertainment, which is. Pro wrestling is lowbrow entertainment. It's least common denominator kind of shit. All right. And her being a black woman on that kind of show, it still has a majority white audience and et cetera. Um, She kind of can't win because, you know, if she talks the way that she did Wednesday, people are going to be calling her ghetto and all of that. And if if she talks more like her authentic personality, then there'll be people saying she's talking like a white woman. Alright, so... whose fault is
2: that, though? Who's okay, but...
6: Okay, but go, 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 okay, so... On that front, I will give her a little bit of space, but here's... Now, here's where I'm going to dump on her. though. <laughs> okay? Alright. If you don't talk that way, then just don't. I mean, don't, um, because the difference is, I mean, and you know, what I saw brought up in this, and I agree with it, is that one thing is all right. so she's mad enough to fight, but the only time she talked that way that she did the other night was when she was getting into it with another black woman. Whereas, when Naomi's ready to fight, the same way whether it's to Sasha or to Mandy Rose. Yeah, or... she was
4: talking to Mandy Rose talking about she's going to snatch her ball. and I'm just like, that's authentic right there.
6: So she talks the same way no matter who's in front of her. You know, Bianca talks the same way whether it's Charlotte or Shayna Baszler or whoever. You get the same language when it's time to fight. Um So, because then I'm I mean, this point in a group chat I'm mean, like in. If, if I'm mad enough, like if I'm I mean, yeah, I'll code switch if I'm just angry, depending on who I'm talking to. But if if I've crossed that line where I'm ready to fight, then I'm talking to everybody the same way. I'm not switching it up once I'm ready to fight you. You know, I'm... And... You know, she switched it up talking to the black woman.
2: And it's important to note, not only just the black woman, but the black woman who was making her debut...
6: And that's the other thing I was going to get to. So basically, because when Jade came out there, the whole time, my whole timeline was like, whoa, who's that? And then she came out there and basically stepped on it. And not in a good way. And you know, So she basically came out there with an inauthentic performance and just stepped all over it. And you know, I, I said that she sounded as if, she spent the you know, whole day reading the Urban Dictionary, trying to figure out what she was going to say when she came in there. And look, I, I mean, I mean, you don't look you, you, you know, you, you know, they say like you know the best wrestling characters are often just you know the person dialed up to eleven, right? And. and In her case, look. I mean, look. If you're if you don't talk that way normally, if you don't talk that way any other time, then you don't have to talk that way here just so you can sound "quote unquote" black enough. You just talk. You talk the way you normally talk. And if if we say you don't sound black enough, then that's on us for being stupid. All right. So it was just, you know, it, it was bad. And it just, I, yeah, I just felt like, again, she stepped, she stepped on Jade's debut and, and it's also in, we, we got to add history into this too, because, because she's just been bad all, you know, the whole time. what did you think? Me? Yeah. I if this was like, this was like a, if this was one bad performance, then you know whatever. But she's always bad.
5: I, 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 I'm not one to speak on like necessarily like how someone speaks. I'm not. I'm not black. Obviously, I'm not going to sit here and talk about. I'm not going to go into that. I agree with Rob's general point that you just talk how you talk. I mean, like, there's no need necessarily to try and be different. And it's unfortunate because. A couple of things about Brandy, I'll kind of do. I'll kind of do what you did, Rob. One thing about Brandy, I do think she genuinely cares about rest the wrestling business. Like I, I the things I've seen, like she's taken bumps and spots that surprise me for just being a manager. Up until she was started becoming a wrestler, you know, like I saw the girl go through a table more than once. Like she, she's down for 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 this profession for this occupation. She does care about it, but I just, uh, you know, like I kind of lost interest with Brandy more so when she started doing her little kitchen videos and then she's over there getting, doing working punches in the kitchen with people like while she's making a salad and I'm just like, you know, this is so hokey and corny and then you come out here and you do this Promo where like you don't this isn't you've never acted like this ever like it's completely off character it doesn't even seem like it's it, i don't even know it's like a fluff for the camera or something you know, and she's just getting completely drugged for it and rightfully so because say what you will about brandy, whether she's a great wrestler or whatever that's completely your opinion I don't really care, but like this stuff right here is the kind of stuff that lends itself to more hate, more disrespect, more slander, more dragging. And you cannot feel sorry for either her or Cody at this point, because they keep bringing it on themselves. It goes back to what I said earlier with the chair shot stuff. No lessons learned, no lessons learned. That is the, that should be the company slogan. Like, AEW, all friends
2: wrestling. No lessons learned. Like that's let's, all I can gather with them. That's it. Let's let's speak about these lessons that haven't been learned. Let's speak about a few of them, shall we? When, when, when AEW started, she was the chief brandy brandy officer, right? She's the CBO of the company. Legitimately. She is the chief brand officer, one of the first black females and the, of, of, of one of those companies of prominence in that position. Fantastic. Then she started. Then she went from that to her first match she was supposed to wrestle. She brought Awesome Kong out to replace her. And then all of a sudden became a voodoo priestess. <laughs> then that was dropped because everybody in the world realized it was stupid. And Tony pivoted, which is one of the few things I will gladly give him credit for. He pivots very happily. And then she became Mrs. Rhodes again. And then she went from that to being... Best friends with Allie out of fucking nowhere because Allie was cheating on her husband with QT Marshall because QT Marshall apparently has money, even though he don't even wrestle that much. And they started the nightmare partners and Brandy was the manager, not to her husband anymore because he got a better manager and coach in on Anderson. So I'm going to manage his brother and his brother's friend, Dustin and QT. And then Ali, they Ali gets so we found out that was all the rules because Ali was really with the Butcher and the Blade and the Penta and the Phoenix and the Kingston the whole time. So I got beef with that. Now she's coming for random Jay Cargill out of nowhere. Like, who do you want to be? The company is a year and a half old. Two years, if you count literal from its inception of the of the very first uh, rally, right? But literally, their first show was eight, almost 18 months ago. Who do you want to be? And more importantly, how you talk matters to people, right? I completely understand that you can't speak the same way at a corporate meeting that you can speak with your friends. Cool. That's not the same as doing character work. So if you want to sit here and be prim and proper and have this It's different if you're playing Booker T, where you're like King Booker, and then you get back to Hood, Third War book. That's different. This is, oh, I'm going to speak like this today because I'm talking to this person. I'm going to speak like this tomorrow because I'm speaking to that person. You make us look bad.
5: Real real quick, Rance, I just want to throw this out there. This is a real-life example, real-world example that I went through when I was in college the first time. First, the first of many times, uh, when I was a freshman in college, my my roommate, uh, we went to high school together, and we're both white dudes from Fort Smith, Arkansas. Okay, so just envision that his whole family is from like the country. Okay, so we get to, we get to U of A Fayetteville. All right, woo pig suey. Okay, and we're living in a dorm, and we made friends with uh, a couple of guys in the dorm couple of black guys. Over the course of time, and I'm, by the way, I'm from Memphis and one of our dorm, one of the guys that we became friends with was also from Memphis and another from Houston, by the way. They were roommates, Memphis and Houston, kind of funny. Anyways, so we all kind of became friends and I worked a part-time job, so I wasn't always around, but he was was able, his parents paying for his college, so he was able to kind of, didn't have to work, go to school, that's what he did. So they hung out a little bit more than I did. Over time, I noticed that like, he started like, you know, there's a difference in how white people talk, how black people talk, how Hispanic people talk in a lot of situations. It's just the reality of the situation, okay? We talk differently and that's fine. But he, he started like taking on the way that they would talk. But it was weird because like he would do that and then we would go home Like we might go hang out for the weekend back home and he would go visit his family. And all of a sudden he was like back to being a country redneck. And I'm like, dude, who are you? Like, are you this guy that I've known my whole life or are now you this person? Or are you just trying to like play to your audience every time you hang out with someone like just be you because being you is fine. Like it's, it's okay to just be who you are and it's the same thing for brandy i just i thought it was kind of that that's what it made me think of when you were talking about who do you want to be because that's all i can think who are you trying to be you know like you're i think it's spot on everything you said 100% and,
2: and it's sad that the last person on that list is herself yeah yeah i'm i'm done with i'm done with this fucking rose but y'all can have at it we're going to Keep it in a minute, but get your last thoughts out because I I have a headache and I've almost walked away from this damn call three times because these fucking roads, people. That was my Kyle, last thought. So, <laughs> Kyle, go ahead, sir.
4: Oh no, I have no other thoughts other than Brandy is fake as fuck, like it's phony and inauthentic and gross. And Cody has apparently learned nothing despite growing up in the industry. Garrett, so I'm uh, I'm kind of over them.
2: rob last thoughts on that part of of our lives which we'll never we'll never get that hour back
6: okay well um for all that i have unloaded on them um again I'll say again you know it, they generally have a good wrestling product and i now i don't even watch it regularly but you know i've watched enough clips and stuff here and there you know, they have, you know, they have a good roster of people. Uh, They generally have a good wrestling product. Um And, you know, I said one time when I was on with you guys a few months ago, I mean, they've given genuine opportunities to people like Sonny Kiss that he would not get in the WWE.
2: Facts. So,
6: so, um you know, they are oh, yeah. they are to be commended for doing that. Um but, you know, beyond the good things they are doing, it's still a vanity promotion. And that's, and then and we're, what we're seeing is we're seeing all the things that happen with a vanity promotion. And, you know, where the boys run the company. And it's just, you need somebody who's not invested in, who's not. Is not preoccupied with their own character and their own ring work because of uh, eventually the wheels fall off. I mean, and look, it happened with 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 Dusty. I mean, eventually, you know, the the, the wheels fell off for him and with Crockett. I mean, he like I said, he got fired eventually. Um, so I mean, and and you don't know when it's going to happen. Like it could be two years. It could be ten years. Right, um, you know, I'm I'm not predicting they're going to go out of business next year or something. You know, they, I mean, but vanity promotions, it, it, or you know, or promotions where the boys run the company, or in this case, this is both. It eventually goes bad, and either you know decisions will have to be made, or they will go under. And what I'm guessing is that at there will come a point where, boy, if, if they're going to survive for in the long run, there's going to come a t- point where Tony's going to be like, okay, uh, you guys got to go. And by Agreed. you guys, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, just, I, just, just, just the way it's going to be. I mean, th- I think if, if, they, if they don't make changes, it's going to come to that eventually. And right now, and see, the problem, well, one of the problems right now is that you know their core fan base is still loving everything they do. Most, you know, for the most part. So, or even even when there's an episode of Dynamite and you see look on Twitter and people don't think it was that great, or or you know the the paper where Matt Hardy got hurt, didn't get particularly good reviews from a lot of people. Just, yeah, I but there's always
2: excuses made. Yeah.
6: Well, but but they're but they're still at the point where their core fan base is just fine saying, "Okay, that wasn't great." On to the next one. Whereas with WWE, it becomes a you know there are a million podcasts, you know, going to town on this show and why it was so terrible this week, right? And they haven't gotten to that point yet. But just if they don't if they don't make if they don't change up how they're operating, then you know, so it may not look, it may not be for another five years, but you know, there's going to come a point where Tony is going to, well, well, Tony's dad is probably going to come to him and say, Look here, son, this, you got to fix this. And fixing is going to require to, you know, tell Cody to take a hike. <laughs>
2: All right. Well, let's, let's, let's pivot. Let's pivot. I, we got a couple of, uh, Smaller fun things to speak about. Number one, um, we they had the initial Wrestle Kingdom, uh, uh the Wrestle Kingdom uh, press conference, and so three matches are confirmed for Wrestle Kingdom, um, and those three matches are on night one. Well, in case you didn't know, um, Kota Ibushi, who won the G One, lost his briefcase to Jay White in a match, which is unheard of it over there. So Naito challenged Ibushi for night one because Jay White only wants to wrestle night two. So night one, Naito will be facing Kota Ibushi for both, again, still both the IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental championships because they're still defending them together. Night two, Jay White will face the winner of those two. And the other match already set is Kazuchika Okada versus the leader now of the new uh, stable, the Empire and Will Osprey. Um, also, as we speak, the Best of Super Juniors and the World Tag League are both going on. So, we'll have the we'll have the uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll have the Iwgp Tag Team and the Iwgp um, Junior Heavyweight Championship match scheduled in the next three weeks or so. And if, my, if they'll ever let Moxley wrestle go to Japan. Uh, Moxley has a uh, his he's defending the AW AEW championship. or uh, well, I'm sorry, Carl AFW championship yeah. <laughs> against Kenny Omega, not on the pay per view, but on the December 2nd episode of Dynamite. So, uh, maybe that's he loses and goes to Japan to quarantine to be able to wrestle in Wrestle Kingdom. But Kenta has the U.S. championship belt, so just some of the things to keep in mind.
6: He's a champ. Okay, oh, Kenta's a champion now.
2: Who? Ken, a no, he he's meant a Ken. Kenta
4: has the briefcase to challenge for the. Oh United.
2: yeah, thank you. I'm sorry. Yes, he has the briefcase. He, he's going to have the belt because Moxley yeah. can't defend in America. So. Oh yeah,
4: no. I think it's it. This goes one of two ways. Either Moxley is able to go for Wrestle Kingdom and defend the belt, or they're going to finally be forced to strip him of the title. I think that Um, it's very telling that um, AEW scheduled that Moxley uh, Omega match for December the 2nd, as opposed to like holding off to do it later. I think that that is indicative of them wanting to go ahead and get the belt off of him, especially because the other thing is if Mox still has the belt on him, when he goes over to Japan, like, if I'm Tony Khan, do I want my world champion dropping a secondary title to not Kazuchika Okada?
2: Right. So a legit question. Legit question.
6: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, so, thinking he's going to lose Omega, and then he's going to go over to do Wrestle Kingdom and lose the U.S. title to Kenta. Now, maybe he wins the AEW title back. I can see that happening, you know. But yeah, like like Kyle was saying, they're not going to send their world champion over there to get beat by Kenta. I mean, no, that's just not going to happen. I mean, say that. You say that? No,
2: they're
6: not going to do that. I mean, that'd be like okay, that'd be like if uh, Naito came and worked Wrestlemania and lost to like um I don't know
2: uh I your your analogy makes sense but the difference is WWE is not trying to make no contact or no or or bridge no gap between companies. AEW wants to make a working relationship with New Japan. That could be the the olive branch of good faith
6: and boy are they thirsty about that man every jeez stop big yeah i mean you got a point there um i i now unless so me so maybe all right, he might retain against kenny and then now maybe if he, if he keeps the AEW title then He's just going to defend the U.S. title at Wrestle Kingdom, and maybe they don't announce him as AEW world champion. Um, Maybe they just announce him as, you know, the New Japan U.S. champion, and he just loses that there and then, you know, comes back here. That's a possibility. But I don't think he's not walking in there, AEW and U.S. champion. And then gonna go lose the Kenta. That that's not going to happen, I don't think.
2: He's not losing the AW championship and losing the Kenta. Yes, what you just said. Absolutely. One thing one thing I want to mention about New Japan, one other story I want to mention real quick with article, is it's it's really cool to think to speak about a country that actually cares about science. Because um the new chairman of New Japan pro, pro wrestling, Naoki Sugabayashi, Clap for me getting that right. Um, Thank you. Thank you. He's revealed that since July 11th, 2020, calling my birthday. Shout out. uh, What's up? July 11th. (laughs) New Japan Pro Wrestling has staged 54 live events, and they have had zero COVID-19 cases, and the combined crowd for those events is 72,706. That deserves all the accolades they can get—that is fantastic. Pretty fucking. Oh, no, it
6: is. It is.
1: It is. Mm-hmm.
6: You know. Meanwhile, um, over here we're gonna. Have, over here, Vince is gonna have people wearing pigment suits in, you know, uh, Tropicana Field or something. <laughs> for WrestleMania. It's
2: bad, bro. It's bad, bro. Corona is it's real bad.
4: out in these American streets right now. It's
2: real upset. <laughs> So speaking of American streets, let's kind of end on one last topic. So let's speak about the American badass. Did you see that journalism much as Did You see that? Yeah.
4: Do we have to? I don't want
2: to talk about the MAGA taker. <laughs> well, it, I think it's apropos. Because by every ad by every admission, this is the final farewell of the character of <laughs> the undertaker on television. I know we've heard We've, it's never been it's never been phrased as the final farewell before. Never has. Right? It is being advertised. They have sent it to all of the major companies, to Fox Sports and the Sports Illustrated and Uproxx and all these companies. Right? That it this is it for him. Um Survivor Series next Sunday makes thirty years since his debut as that character. Right. They're, they're bringing in all of his friends, the whole BSK, Godfather's coming, Savio Vega's coming, Kane will be there, um, Kane the libertarian um, uh, mayor, he'll, would, he'll be there. Will like, his
5: boy Donald Trump
2: be there? No, because Donald Trump is hiding in a bunker right now because he don't know what to do with his—I'm sorry. No, no, never mind. Scratch that from the podcast. Anyway, I just—I know how we feel about some of his views. I get that. But there is no denying, biased or not or not not biased, that he is maybe the greatest gimmick ever and one of the most important wrestlers most in wrestling history. If nothing else. Sure. And he's one of the most important wrestlers in, if not wrestling history, for sure, WWE history. So as this is our supposed final for World Him, because we ain't gonna talk about you next week. I don't give a fuck about it after that. I thought it'd be cool for us to all maybe give one moment of his that we liked or that meant something to us or a favorite match of his. And then let's get out of here on some positivity since we just shat on shit for like two hours because I'm still (laughs) fucking angry. Uh,
5: I'll just, I'll take the ball here and roll uh, and run with it, I guess. Um, So perfect. Honestly, for me, you know, as a wrestling fan, the, the first ever wrestling show that I went to, I went big, but the first ever wrestling show that I went to was WrestleMania 25 in Houston, Texas. And if you're unsure what Undertaker might have done at WrestleMania 25 in Houston, Texas. He
2: came from hell. He came from the depths of hell.
5: Correct. He came from hell while Shawn Michaels came from the heavens. And they had one of the best matches I've ever seen, The probably the best match I've ever seen live and in person on my first wrestling show. Uh, It wasn't the main event, but we don't talk about Triple H and Orton here. We just talk about Taker and HBK that night and how great it was. Um, There's so many things I could say about Undertaker, so many matches of his that I enjoyed. That one will be the one because of the significance. And it's funny because my favorite Undertaker match is an HBK match from like 20 years prior. But in this... Yeah, the Hell in a Cell, the original Hell in a Cell. But for the purposes of this conversation, being there live for quite possibly Undertaker's, arguably his greatest match of all time, is a very cool moment for me as a wrestling fan. So 30 years, amazing, awesome. Always love the Undertaker. Still pop when I hear the gong. And uh, good for him. Good for him. Glad he can finally go out and be done.
4: Mine is definitely the moment that I've I've said multiple times I feel kind of robbed about it. But like I was at WrestleMania 33 in Orlando and I remember the end of his match with Roman and the big like curtain call that they did and like how great that was. And so just how like robbed I felt when he wrestled again, because like we all thought that we were going to get that final moment. And then he did the Blood Money shows,
2: and you know <laughs> and rest the rest of the WrestleMania thirty four, and that, and wrestled at WrestleMania thirty six. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. You know, yeah.
4: <laughs> so, so that was my first. You know, that's my defining memory of Taker. And then you know, the disappointment is fitting because then he turned out to be, you know, mega trash. So like. Wasn't the last time I was disappointed by the dead man.
2: Rob?
6: See, I don't know. No, I go all the way back. My first time seeing him was in the NWA when he was Mean Calis, and yeah, you know, I saw him on a pay per view, the Great American Bash, challenged Lex Luger for the U.S. title, and then shortly well, after he was that, he left. Manager, him, wasn't it? Yes, he was, yes. Yeah. Paulie dangerously. Not you know yep. and so he left a little while after that and then you know, he made that debut at Survivor series and I was like, Well damn, that's mean Mark Callis, and he's a whole different now. And I think he, as far as performing a gimmick, that is he's he may not be number 1 but he he's top 5 for sure as far as performing a gimmick and getting the absolute most you possibly can out of it and he gets bonus points because the the, the whole premise was just wacky and stupid and you know he made that with his performance he made he made that gimmick into what it is and like I said that's to me that's top five as far as performing a gimmick I in, on my list the only other ones like the two the two the other two that immediately come to mind to me are ted dibiase the million dollar man and rick flair because you know rick was just doing the buddy rogers gimmick and he took it to a whole level that buddy rogers never did right and, and but for me that's what taker is he took what was what should have been a, a what should have been a, a just a dopey gimmick that ended up being you know hulk hogan father a year later he took that to the point where they had him go over hogan a year later Yep. instead
2: yep yep for the title yep
6: so um, no norm- any other any, any 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 every other case like that that person goes down and they had him go over it was later, and to me, that that's all you. I mean, that says it all right there. I mean, before all the you know the great the streak and everything else, the fact that he took a gimmick that should have been Hogan fodder and actually went over, you know,
2: yeah, um, yeah, that yeah, you, I never thought about it that way, but you're right, it should have. It should've, he should have been monster of the week, but instead, he was monster of the three decades. The th- the two things that come to my mind about Undertaker are kind of the, are polar opposites. Is I think what might be the most perfect match I may have ever seen in WWE, which is WrestleMania twenty eight, the Hell in the Cell with him, Triple H, and Shawn as the ref. That's as perfect as it gets with a confluence between story, between the moment, between um the the scene the scenario and invoking the emotion of the crowd it's as perfect as it gets and then the stark difference to being live seeing taker concussed losing and getting the streak broken and literally feeling the air leave a 75,000 seat arena there's no feeling like like it, i've never felt anything like i felt in that moment literally you heard silence. Silence. And WWE was so genius because they didn't play Brock's music for like 45 seconds just to make you feel like, is this shit real? Did that really happen? And then they all you see is just the, the graphics, 20 whatever, whatever, in one. And it's, yeah. So, but to know that his streak was so big that the biggest show in in all of wrestling was built around him wrestling a match to the point where he had to do it to his 50s because his streak was so big. I think is a perfect encapsulation of him as a character is that he stayed on too long but he stayed on too long because he was almost bigger than a business and the business couldn't do without him. The business could do without, without Austin. The business could do without Rock. The business could do without Hogan and Cena. But the one person that has persevered and trans and 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 transformed over all of that was Taker. And here it is in 2020. We're still talking about his relevancy. I think that's fantastic. That's amazing. Um rest in peace, Taker, the character. Uh I I would miss you if you didn't wrestle so goddamn much, but uh thank you for what you've done. Right, like I'd miss him a whole lot more if he hadn't wrestled so much in the past five years, but nonetheless, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, Kyle, get us out of here, man, because like I'm still fuming about the fucking Reynolds family.
4: Alright, well, first of all, we want to thank our esteemed guest, Mr. Robert Bonetta, for joining us this week. Brother Rob, tell them where they can find you. Plug all your shit.
6: Okay, you can find me on Twitter at R-B-O-N-N-E 1. Uh, you can Find my website is robsagenius.com. I also do stuff for chairshot.com here and there. And you can also find my uh, podcast, the Rob the Genius podcast. And Rance was a guest on there this week. If you want to hear me, Rance, and my man DJ talk about their, you know, going into trying to get into the business, you can listen to that this week. And I, I believe that is everything.
4: You can find our Angry Brother Rants on Twitter at
2: Fuck the Roads. That's it's not Ray Cash. It's Ray Cash, yeah. R-E-Y, is the Mysterio. C-A-S-H-N dollars, yeah.
6: You going like crazy. Iron Sheik now with Hogan?
2: You gonna be like Iron Sheik now with Hogan? What, what's no, see. No, because that's a work. Mine is a shoot. Fuck them. You can find Our brother, Carl, on Twitter
5: at... I've been drinking.
2: (laughs) I've been drinking. I've been drinking.
5: Also at Outsider Curving, K-E-R-V-I-N.
4: You can find me on Twitter at Dr. S'mores. Of course, you can find the show on Twitter at Outsiders Edge C-S. We are part of the ChairShot Media group at ChairShot Media, where you... Say fuck the roads. Always use your head. And as always, y'all, remember, we here at The Outsider's Edge are some increasingly less young gentlemen out here doing everything that we can just to make it in this world. And sometimes we're going to have some, you know, hot takes, like Cody and Brent Rhodes are toxic garbage. And other times we're going to have some hard truths like, AEW runs a sloppy fucking shop, and they need to get that shit fixed. But and no what, like,
2: fuck the roads.
4: And, but no matter what, y'all, we're just out here chasing our dreams, and you've got to respect that. Because, like, if you don't, well, we still just don't give a fuck.
2: Fuck the roads.
5: Thanks for listening.
2: We'll (laughs) catch you next time. Goddamn Cody.